All right. Ready? <laughs> so I can read. Okay. <clears throat> Yeah, we had a few beverages today. Yeah. Come king of beverages. This well, is a horrible yes. idea. We each have three. Yes. And we've each had three. We are three. both Illyria, god king of beverages, drinker of things. Well, I have to have the Anne and the water and the coffee. And the same thing, the Anne, uh, the diet beverage. And right, the right. Yes. Because you hate your liver more than I hate mine. Oh, so much. <laughs> liver can fuck off. Go fuck off, liver. <laughs> I'm pickling you as we as we just speak here. Mm, pickled liver. Pickled liver. It's a so when we get to uh, taquitos, mm -hmm. uh, all I can think of is pickled pig feet, pig's feet when he has the. Oh totally, <laughs> totally with his little feet. Know, yeah, because the footies. It just makes me think of pickled pig's feet. Yeah, not that I've ever eaten any pickled pig's feet. Because gross. Because I just like saying pickled pig's feet. Well, like pick a peck of pickled peppers, yeah. Yeah. Pick a pick a peck of pickled pig's feet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm amazed I could get that out. Wow. Yeah, that was good. Because I wasn't thinking about you it. You loosened up. <laughs> pickled, <laughs> pickled pig's feet. Peck, 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 peck. Pickled. Yes. Hello there, gentle listeners. Welcome to the Dodgers Club podcast of Buffy, Slayer of the Vampires. There are spoilers ahead and swears ahead, so if those aren't your thing, please turn off the podcast. This time we'll be discussing Buffy Season 3, Episode 1, N. We're in Buffy, Slayer of the Vampires. Having fallen down six times, gets up seven. As always, I am Jen, and this is Snard. Or Michelle. Yes. Yes. So we have started a new tradition on the podcast. We have, and We may not have thought it out very well. <laughs> we didn't think this through even a little... <laughs> so we thought so what was last night we're texting uh -huh. back and forth and starts like hey we should make drinks yeah that for the characters and i was like oh yeah. you know we what we should, should do yeah. we should make drinks for each episode yes so i started the ball rolling and you went ahead and turned it into like a fucking snowman i escalated man. things like, <laughs> like buffy see yes. i'm like a slayer like that because buffy are. and faith they escalate things <laughs> You're the slayer of the beverages. Yes, so I am Illyria, God King of Beverages, drinker of things. Indeed yes, I am. and maker of things. Yes. And, and we are uniquely tailored as as a pair here to making beverages, because mm -hmm. uh, you were a bartender. I was back in the day. Yes. yes and back I was long, a... long ago, before I discovered the land of computers, <laughs> I was a bartender. Yes, and I was a barista for 13 years. Yes. So... Between the two of us, we have a little bit of a tasting, mixing skill. Just enough to get in trouble. <laughs> Pretty much. Which we are in right now, actually. Uh, we are quite a few beverages in for us. Two, two and a half. Two and a half of, like, Long Island iced tea level. Well, they're not that bad. It's, only, it's the most is two ounces of alcohol each. Uh-huh. But so it was we're like going with Utah standards? Yeah, so, well, we're yeah. Utah girls, you uh -huh, know. Yeah. So we've had um, one, two, three, four, four and a half ounces of alcohol each Did so far. Did you add in the dash of scotch we added to the Joys? Is that really a, I mean, is that, that's not a, I don't know, but I mean, it's, it's a tad. Like it was a tad. Four, four and a tad. It was but, but, but a whiffle of scotch. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, and yes. Our, our, our drink names for this episode are uh, Slayer Dream on the Beach, Bitter Joyce, and Anne. Yes. And they have different qualities and things like that. Uh, I, I don't do. want to give too much away because we will be posting the recipes on our website and on Facebook. Mm -hmm. <sighs> yeah, we'll have the recipes up. And, and we've taken some, some illustrated photos. We're a tad giggly. <laughs> we are. <laughs> it, was, it was a good time. It was yeah. a really good time. It's we had a, a very time. fun time with this. Uh, we are currently sipping the Anne 
because yes. that's the one we landed on. It's the easiest one to make. We figured we should go in difficulty from uh, sober to drunk. Right. And it's the name of the episode. Um, we figured that was yes, apropos. Yes, we did. So, uh, yeah. Cheers. Cheers to Anne. Yeah, hope you. <laughs> so we'll cheers. That was my coffee cheersing my Olympics <laughs> drink. We are frantically drinking coffee. And I'm going to go have drinks with friends after this. <laughs> I am not. Pray for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go hang out with my cats after this. That also sounds lovely. I forgot my notepad. Well, go get your notepad, Snart. I will go get my notepad. Talk amongst yourselves. So how's everybody doing? <laughs> did, y'all, did y'all have a good week or... Uh... Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, my wig at work was kind of crazy, but I think we got through it okay. (laughs) Yeah, stretch, stretch, okay. (laughs) Yeah, so, so how about that Buffy, huh? Yeah, she's good, she's cool. She's... (laughs) I just lost her pen. She's found a pen now. Oh, look, it's in. <laughs> <laughs> the pen was in the notepad, gentle listeners. The pen was in the notepad. It's like when you're looking for a pen that's behind your ear. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's staying in. <laughs> <laughs> As it should. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how good I am at reading with this sort of situation you are going on in my head. At reading. Can my eyes track back and forth like a normal person? We'll find out. <clears throat> <laughs> we open in the cemetery. We pan down a headstone and see that a sneaky vampire is digging his way out of the grave. But wait! This sneaky vampire's first night out will not be unproblematic because someone is waiting for him. She is armed with a quip. <laughs> Though this isn't Buffy, so it lacks a certain something. It's Willow, facing off against the vampire. She looks very bold and sure of herself until he snarls at her, and then less so. Uh, Xander grabs him, though, and holds him for staking, but Oz isn't so smooth with getting a stake out of his pocket, <laughs> and soon Oz, Xander, and Willow are getting their asses kicked by the vampire. Uh, but fear not. Oz takes a moment to center himself and throws a stake, which hits a headstone with oh a ping God. and drops harmlessly to the ground the while the vampire runs off. Like I know, I the... love it. <laughs> <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah. Ping. <laughs> yes, the, the musical cue that, we, that this is going to be like a heroic An moment. epic moment. Yes, and we're not sure about Oz right now because he's wearing red. He could be like super heroic. He could, he could be, be hurt. You know, he could be hurt. He could be about to hurt somebody. He could be a lot of things. Or hurt. Yeah. By or something. Yeah. Secretly hurt. Yes. See, I'm I'm subscribing to that right? school of thought. Yeah, I think I so too. I don't think it's necessarily about the school starting thing. He doesn't care. Oz doesn't give a shit about that. No. He doesn't give a shit. No. He doesn't even care that he's lying to Willow about it. He gives no shits. Yeah. <laughs> he is, however, lying to Willow for a reason. Well, because she's going to flip out. Well, yeah, she's not very cool. No. No. While she should be happy. Yeah, she'll get there. Her reaction at first is not good. But, I mean, she gets there. We'll give her credit, I mean, when we get... We are not kind to the Scoobies (laughs) in this or the next episode. Oh, my God, the next episode. I want to slap him. I want to line him up and slap him like Three Stooges style. Just and slap him right across the Uh face. Just fuck them in the next episode. Yes. (sighs) And also, uh, Willow kind of sort of wearing the leather coat 
I mean, she's, she's wearing a leather jacket, but it's like false power. She's it's trying. not real power. She's trying really hard. What, what, the Scoobies don't do well taking the place of the Slayer. No, no, because slaying is harder than it looks is the lesson we can take from this whole situation. <laughs> well, there's this and then the next episode and the Buffy bot scenario. They're terrible. Yeah. I don't think they even know Buffy at all. No. Like, I don't think that. Well, come and get it's kind it, of like, boy. It's that kind is of like not when, something Buffy would say, <laughs> right? It's it's like when Joyce is like, "Who is Buffy?" They don't know. Nobody knows. Only Giles knows. No. Giles has a pretty good idea. When Buffy's just about being walking around. Yeah, yeah. being walking around. <laughs> when Buffy's just walking around, being herself mm-hmm. all the time, it's it's just like when you find out that someone's gay, and you know, you knew the whole time, and then you talk to other people, and they're like, "I had no idea." Exactly. And with our queer metaphor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, it's just very like apt. That. Yeah, because none of them noticed. Uh, you know, they thought that knowing her big, air quotes, deep, dark secret about being the Slayer, which mm-hmm. she barely even keeps a secret, yeah. is all that it takes to intimately know Buffy. Well, which, I mean, can there be a better parallel with being gay? Like, people, <laughs> people know that you're gay and they think they know you. It's like, no... <laughs> That's just a classification. Yeah. The rest of my life is completely separate. <laughs> like, I happen to be doing all this stuff with a girl instead of a guy. That's the only difference. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it is. It's shocking how much people want to pigeonhole what they don't understand and don't yes. want to take the time to understand. Absolutely. But if they meet somebody who's completely normal, they start to dig for more surface, so yes. to speak. And it doesn't make any sense, but I guess it's just human nature. Yeah, it's... It's sort of like the great diversion, you know, like, especially like it's explained very, very well in Victor Victoria, where um, if you throw something in, in, in their face, they're going to get so distracted by that mm-hmm. that they will miss everything on the other side. So yeah, totally. uh, you think, hey, she's not a Polish count. Yeah, she's not a Polish count <laughs> <laughs> or he's not a Polish count. Like, yeah. you know, you you throw something in their face and you can distract the whole thing. Mm-hmm behind the scenes. Yeah, you know. or like in The Last Unicorn where they had to put a fake horn on a real unicorn because people can't see real unicorns. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, I think, it's a, yeah, Toddy in Victor Victoria because um, mm-hmm. they're debating and, and uh, Toddy, uh, they'll know he's a phony. Yeah, they'll know he's a phony. Yep. That, I mean, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> people get so wrapped <laughs> up in that shit. <laughs> uh-huh. So yeah. yeah something's they, fake. Yeah, yeah, I know Buffy really well. I know she's a slayer. Mm-hmm. What do you know about her? Um, she likes cheese. She likes cheese. Exactly. <laughs> Isn't that sad? That's the only thing Willow can come up with. Yeah. The only episode where we like Riley, man. <laughs> or but, Riley. But it's true. I mean, at, you know, you said you said uh, Willow and Xander down and you say, so what do you know about Buffy? Well, she's a slayer and uh-huh. she was with Angel. Yeah. And she killed him. Giles is her watcher. Like, like even, yeah, that's what we know about Buffy. Like, what do you know about Buffy? Season, isn't it season six or seven when Xander makes her a weapons chest? Yeah. Like, it still is all Slayer all the time. It's like, um, yeah. it reminds me, when you like chickens, everyone was buying you roosters. I have no problem with that. <laughs> but it's true. It's the yeah. only thing they knew about me. That's all they knew about you, Sue. All you got were chickens and roosters. Which, I, I mean, I didn't mind. I love mm-hmm. chickens because yeah. they make me laugh really hard. <laughs> Don't ask. I don't know. I don't know why. But <laughs> but it's true. When when somebody finds when people find something, especially if you're sort of uh reserved like I am, um you do throw some plausible diversions at them. Mm-hmm. 
um, so that they have something to grab onto. Yeah, absolutely. O- otherwise, you get into the hidden depths, and it's like we're going to be here for ten hours, <laughs> and I don't think you want to hear all that kind of shit. But yeah, um, <laughs> but no, it's exa- exactly like you. You would hope that Buffy's friends would know more about her than we, the viewers, would know about her. Right. But see, that's how all of these people are able to get under her skin because we have Riley, who seems to understand her on a different level, doesn't. Yeah. We have Parker and. More, you know, up close, Scott Hope, yeah. who seemed to be at least interested in getting to know somebody underneath the surface and inviting her to, like, Buster Keaton or whatever. Um, well, we he have... wants her to get to know him. Yeah. <laughs> we have Dracula, mm-hmm. who understands her better than maybe anybody, and ultimately Spike. Spike well, gets her on levels that she doesn't even get herself. Well, the person, I mean, I think the person who understands her is the best is Faith, because she's a slayer, too. Mm-hmm. But she understands the part of Buffy that Buffy herself is denying. Right. So, so, Buffy, so that's not going to work. Yeah, so Buffy like, <laughs> pushes her away as hard as she possibly can. Yeah. I mean, you know, Faith is begging her to like, open up a little bit. Like, tell me mm-hmm. something, you know. Yeah. I, I don't. I know you're the Slayer. I'm a Slayer, too. That's not a big deal to me. Tell me the rest. And right. And Buffy just can't do well, it. Well, at that point, she's just in the habit, especially after next episode. But we're in this episode. Yes. We should be in this episode. <laughs> the Anne, which we are drinking. <laughs> yes, let's have, another, yes. let's have another big drink of Anne, shall we? It's actually a really good beverage. It's really tasty. You guys should try these. We have a... We have conquered beverages today. Yeah. <laughs> the, the first one, the uh, Slayer Dream on the Beach, is really fucking good. It's really good, but it does sneak up on you. Yeah, it does, because you drink it really fast. Oh, this is really tasty. You drink it really fast, like and then refreshing. wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Scoobies dust themselves off and compare notes, and it turns out that the vampire was on the gymnastics team. They conclude that that was the reason he was able to escape. Although, setting the stage for future vampire developments. That. Um, that they can remember what they what they already knew kind of thing. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, we kind of had that before, but we're making that explicit episode one of season three, which means we're going to have some vampy related history coming up. <laughs> yes, we sure are. <laughs> I wonder if it'll be in history class again. Hmm. We'll have to look out for that. Yeah. Uh, Xander also has a complaint about the quality of Willow's quip, and she says that she was just trying to do as Slayers do, and if he doesn't like it, he should try it. <laughs> I, I love how the quip is how we can tell that we're not dealing with Buffy, which they use brilliantly later with the Buffy bot and marzipan in your pie plate bingo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, totally. The quip is the thing. It is. The quip is the thing. Well, and gesture, Willow is gesturing a lot with that steak. She is. Like, really close to people. She has no idea. No. Like, if you're talking to somebody who's holding a gun and they keep pointing it at you, that person has not been around guns a lot. Yeah, so Willow doesn't understand she's holding a lethal object. That kills humans, too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. You can stake a vampire in the heart and they die. Mm-hmm. You stick a human in the heart, they also die. So. Yeah. So she should be more careful with that. Very she might put so. someone's eye out or yeah. something. Definitely put somebody's eye out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she won't, but still. No. But someone does lose an eye, and it is all fun and games up until then. <laughs> sure. Is. Well, for them, not yeah. for Buffy so much, but for them, it's really fun. It's true, yeah. <laughs> Oz has some classic quip suggestions, and Xander comments on how they took Buffy's quips for granted. Yeah, and, and, and Buffy, too. Maybe you guys should remember <laughs> that for when she comes back, huh? Like, don't be fucking dicks. Yeah. Make a little note, a little Whatever. post it note. Whatever. Yeah. He corrects himself under Willow's scrutiny, even saying that when Buffy gets back, they won't take the quips for granted uh, anymore. Willow with a denial. Oh, she's so bad. So denial. Just like naive, yeah. in, like forceful denial. 
And then the next, like, you know, what if she just shows up at school? Oh, yeah, that was, yeah. Willow. That was, <laughs> no. Yeah, uh, Willow wonders if Buffy remembers that school starts the next day, and she's working the hopeful, naive thing pretty hard because Buffy was extremely expelled, and she knows that. Uh, Oz realizes just then that school starts the next day, and Willow starts talking about how she's going to be way busy, unlike him, because he supposedly graduated. Not to worry, though. Oz has been keeping almost vampire hours, sleeping until 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Anyway, <laughs> Xander says he can't wait to see Cordelia, and is surprised he can't wait to see her, which I can't quite understand because she's a fantastic girlfriend. Willow is excited for her first homework of the year, and Xander is most definitely not excited about that part at all. And Willow gets in a dig about how he's excited about Cordy, and he shouldn't judge because they all have issues, and... Willow, will you get the fuck over it already? You and Cordy have been very much enjoying each other's company since your man talk, and your actual boyfriend is standing right, right. there. Yeah, but again, we see, and we're going to see a lot in this episode, as we were noticing just mm -hmm. a minute ago when we were watching it, um, Willow's, she's got this problem when Buffy's out of town, the first episode of each episode, the first episode of each season, uh -huh. um, where she seems to forget everything that ever happened before and suddenly like thinks that Xander not, might be like in love Like she's not her. in serialized television. Yeah. <laughs> like Willow's the one wiping her own memory right. or something. She's like tabula rotting herself. Yeah. <laughs> I would prefer if she stuck to mind raping herself, I would say. Yes, yes. I would like her a lot more if she had done that. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird how she returns to this jealous state when Buffy's gone. Yes, weird, naive, jealous state. I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, yeah she's Buffy's spirit. Maybe it's something I don't think of Buffy's spirit. I'm not sure. I haven't mm -hmm. been able to get a hold of that. But well, she does it a lot. <laughs> it, but it's when Buffy's gone. That's when it always starts up. So it has nothing to do with Buffy. This is a character. Yeah. This yeah, that's a good point. Trait. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, because it's like Buffy's gone and as soon as she comes back to town, her parts reorganize themselves and everything's kind of back to normal where, you know, Willow's pining, but it's not an almost kiss kind of scenario. Right. I wish she sort of put Xander in the position of a little bit yeah yeah she's yeah so here we're having her be all jealous willow again yeah i i mean it's to the point where you know oz suggests that they retire for the night and i mean it wasn't my imagination right oz seems a little uncomfortable with how willow is still jealous he is well, and i i think we, i mean we could read it as him being uncomfortable with the fact that he's been lying to willow yeah, but, but it's the timing Oz's of it. It's style. like he stops right when she's going off about how 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 crazy Xander is for missing Cordy, mm -hmm. his girlfriend, who has been amazing. Yeah, and he's kind of like, Ugh. I could just stop with this, yeah. please. I'm your boyfriend, and mm -hmm. I'm right here. Could yeah. you just and not? also we like Cordy. Remember that's our friend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's known Cordy longer than they have, really. I mean, because she was dating oh, because Devin. Devin, right? Yeah. So he knows Cordy pretty well. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't be talking down about her to him. Yeah, it, especially for the reason that, I mean, mm -hmm. she's been great. She's yeah. been amazing. Yeah, she's been awesome. She's risked her ass how many times now? <laughs> and that's not her fault her parents took away on vacation. Right. A terrible vacation. I know, I'm going to so agree with her in a minute. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, Willow thinks it will be just super spiffy if Buffy shows up tomorrow like nothing happened. And that's just a huge red flag because a whole shitload of things did happen. And Willow is showing off her need for Buffy to, once again, put her trauma aside and be whatever they want her to be. Like in the future, when Buffy wants to stay dead. Mm-hmm. It's... 
<laughs> and it's Willow leading the charge on that one too. It's like you're gaslighting your friend. Like, please stop gaslighting your friend, please. <laughs> the, the more I watch the show, the more I have a problem with Willow. I have okay, closely watching the show because mm-hmm. I I've always had a few problems with Willow. I mean. Obviously, yeah. later on, but I mean, it the, looks when I, like close, closely watching the show this time around, I'm having such a huge problem well, with Willow. They are showing us from the very beginning that Willow is a very gray-natured person. Yeah, she's not. You know, she's not in the black and white yet. She's always in that gray zone, right? Where, especially when this show is about morality and good and bad and what is right and isn't right, and you know, Buffy draws those parallels. Angel Universe. It's great. You know, I mean, yeah, L- LA is whole, just yeah. We're I mean, we're going to see Buffy in Angel's universe in a bit. It's, it's just all gray there. But and, you know. Willow in Angel's universe would still be problematic. Yes, because she's just well, she prone is. to issues. She goes to Angel's universe and brags. Yeah, about the horrible things she did. Yeah, brags. Yeah, proudly. Uh huh. Yeah, and then flirts with Fred. <laughs> that's the only good thing she does. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, she's the I this latest watch through it really is just like watching this person plod towards a predetermined mm-hmm. darkness where before I always thought of it as like a fall from grace. Right, cuz she starts she's supposed to start out so innocent and cute yeah, and stuff and like that. Yeah, and she acts so innocent and cute. But she's not. She's, she's been not. cruising for this dark power since yeah. uh, the first season. Uh-huh. Yeah, and she's a little naive about things like what the song I touch myself might mean. Right. But yeah, she's not naive in a lot of other ways. It's the book smart, street smart mm-hmm. thing, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so here she's having some issues. She's intentionally attraction. ignoring what Buffy might be going through. We saw her do uh-huh. that at the end of the last episode in the last season, along with it, that, oh, maybe Buffy and Angel are together now. Yeah. Yeah, that's why no, she'd totally disappear. Are you she fucking kidding me? At school. We, shan't, we can't use past tense terms. We can't say maybe she got killed. We can't. You know, it all has to be fluffy and light and right on the surface. And, and in everything's the meantime, really she's starting to go off the rails in a different way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Driving I, me crazy. This actually I? might be an acting superpower of Anna, Allison Hannigan's because people say the same <laughs> thing about her character on How I Met Your Mother. Oh, really? That she's, that she's playing this dark undercurrent of this character. Huh. Her character is really kind of a sociopath, but <laughs> she plays like it's written. Well, Whedon is really good at casting those women. Yeah, absolutely. He is very good at casting actors and spotting the talent who can play multiple levels oh. all at the same time, and he's good at directing them into doing that, uh, so I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I'm, I'm one of the few people on the planet who has not watched How I Met Your Mother, and now I kind of want to watch it because I, I read about how she's played this character. Yeah, <laughs> I want to watch it too. It's just so much. I know, I was like, because so people, I was reading, it was on, I was on Reddit, and I was reading about it, and I was like, wait, just like Willow, like... <laughs> 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 like she's supposed to be all cute and funny on the outside and you know that she's like kind of evil sometimes oh huh. yeah interesting isn't it yeah. <laughs> so kudos Allison Hannigan if you were doing that on purpose you're fucking awesome dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Xander who as we pointed out in the previous episode already has an idea of why Buffy bailed out of her life says that Buffy can't just show up because she was expelled Willow says she knows that but she still wishes they knew where she was Xander declared himself perspective guy when he was fighting with the group over Angel and Angelus, and he most definitely continues to be perspective guy now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buffy is on the beach. Okay, she isn't, but uh, let's just <laughs> go with it for a second. 
This oh. is our first cocktail. Yes, it was our first. It was really <laughs> yes. good. Uh, by the way, this is what Sarah Michelle Geller wants for Buffy in the present day. She wants for her to be on a beach far away from slaying. And I think it's rather wonderful that she still thinks about Buffy and wants the best for her. I know, yeah, me too. Isn't that I, cute? I love how everyone still has a relationship with their characters. Absolutely. Like, it's it's not just us. We're We as the fans and the watchers aren't hanging on to this thing that everybody else has moved past. Right. Everybody is more than happy to continually revisit the Buffy. Mm-hmm verse and talk about those characters that they spent so much time with i love that yeah i mean watch some of the youtube videos about the different cons they go to oh yeah and they they will happily open up about what they thought xander mm-hmm. was feeling in this episode and what they wanted for willow and what they wanted for faith and buffy and, and giles yeah. and it's... and how they were acting it and everything mm-hmm. it's it's uh it's great i love that this Absolutely. is such a an enduring thing for everybody instead of just a bunch of people like running i mean I love my Trekkie friends. Mm-hmm. I'm one too, but I'm not going to quiz an actor on the tech. Right. Don't do that. They don't know. They're, they're, they they're seriously no going to say, did I say that line? I, I don't remember that line. Because they don't. They memorized it long enough well, to get through the take and then move the fuck well, on. We, we've actually <laughs> talked about this in context of the podcast because we've never really understood until now. We don't remember what we said in no. like 10 podcasts ago. I'll be editing because we're about four episodes ahead right now. And I'll be editing something a while back. I'm like, wow, you're smart as shit. <laughs> I don't good. remember saying that I at all. I do not remember this conversation, <laughs> but I'm on board. Or other times I'll think, we talked about this again recently, and I really hope we said the same things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and you know, and we're, we're not going to be consistent because mm-hmm. we totally forget what we said before. Yeah. And we have new ideas of everything. So, you know, if you want consistency, this is probably not the podcast for you. But <laughs> Yeah, well, podcasts in general, if you want consistency or well, not. Well, because people's minds change over time. They but do. yeah, we, we, I mean, we, and we are not reciting a script that we memorized. Yeah. This is the stuff, the content it's, it's we came the, up with ourselves and we still can't remember yeah. it. So yeah, don't. And it's the writer's job to keep all of it straight. Don't right. quiz your actors on things that you don't have straight about. Anyway. Right. Actors um, are not going to remember <laughs> what color pants Buffy wore in I Only no. Lies Unless they chafed real bad no one's gonna remember their costume right, she unless they chafed or they stole them right <laughs> i still have that um but yeah so this is this is a lovely vision for buffy it's also a sundown so we're seeing like the sun going down mm-hmm. on this chapter of her life we're working on so many metaphors we've got the meeting of the land and the water so the duality of the spirit we see buffy in this pink feminine costume so she is a girl like she's fully embodied as a, mm-hmm. a grown woman who's grown into her sexuality um, you know, we have got like boats in the background, so everything's setting sail. It's just this huge metaphor. Yep. And you can dig and dig and dig, or you can take it on the surface, and it's great. Yeah, it's 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 beautifully shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buffy takes a moment to let the ocean breeze wash over her. Also on the beach is Angel. He puts his arms around her, and she asks how he found her there. He says, if I was blind, I could see you. She asks him to stay with her, and he says, forever. That's the whole point. I'll never leave. Not even if you kill me. Get lost, Buffy's subconscious. <laughs> She's been this through was a enough. Perfectly nice fantasy. God damn it, that's mean. <laughs> Dream Buffy looks concerned, and our real Buffy wakes in her apartment in L.A. with the sounds of traffic and yelling and all kinds of craziness outside. She goes to the window to look out, and we see that it's a bad enough neighborhood that we almost expect to see Angel prowling around the streets in his billowy trench coat on his own show <laughs> with a with a cello player following behind. Yes. Darling, my lad is like, wait, wait. Yeah. <laughs> you just put it on a skateboard, man. You can just... <laughs> totally. 
<laughs> Buffy is working in a diner. She gives some dudes their check, and one of them looks at her boobs and calls her peaches, and then offers her sexual favors in exchange for the check. Because, as I have often said, testosterone is a magical substance that allows many, many guys to look in the mirror and see Brad Pitt staring back at them. It is so weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This guy thinks he's the shit. Mm-hmm. And we mentioned peaches twice in this scene yes we do um and we remember way back the last time we knew that buffy was hurting and she was kind of like nah she said she was peachy yep so we're drinking peach schnapps <laughs> yes we are schnapps. Yes. indeed peach schnapps yes. is a fundamental part of the recipe in all of these drinks <laughs> well, we tried to we we're trying to make it so you can reuse the same few ingredients if you feel like drinking along so to speak Right, we have, we have theme ingredients for each episode. We do, yeah. And then we so, take those and adapt them to each character mm-hmm. or situation or whatever. Yeah, and we'll try and keep it to a handful of basic liquors and everything. Right. So, you know, it'll be fairly consistent, but different ideas mm-hmm. throughout. Um, but yeah, I think this is, you know, so it's it's a callback to when she was peachy. Um, also, her costuming is great. Uh, so she's in this white little dress. And it has red checkers and a red apron. So she's back to that innocence. She's trying to get back to that. She's trying real hard. Yeah. She's trying to, like, squash the danger Mm -hmm. with innocence (laughs) as hard as she can. And then she has these little red checkers. So it's kind of like she's literally wearing her injury on her sleeve. Mm -hmm. You know, like, it's acknowledged it's there. She's hurt. But it's not getting in her way because she's the working through it. Of the light. Yeah, and this L- whole... literally she's working through it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and the diner itself, there's something about diners in story that is so interesting every time you need something different to happen somewhere completely safe every time you need a very confidential conversation every time you need to meet somewhere neutral that you know neither person's going to get hurt you go to a diner just like this one well we'll see that a lot in an episode we'll see it a lot in the show i'm going to reference way later in in Mm -hmm. this recap person of interest yeah. I mean, oh, we see it all the time. Yeah. Some interest. We see it in... Um, it's like where you can get some kind of weird, cozy anonymity. Yeah. You because know. you're just hun. Everyone is, yeah. do you want more coffee, hun? And so to work there, to be behind the scenes where if you go in there, you're invisible. Mm-hmm. If you work there, you're extra invisible. Yeah, absolutely. They like, don't... You don't exist. So it's a perfect space. Absolutely. To go to and, and heal up. Yeah, there's just the power of the diner in fiction is really fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I love to track what we see and it's always the long single booth diner in like traveling shows well and supernatural is like a road show yeah so they always have that it's the single row of booths Mm -hmm. um in supernatural we see that happen all the time it's like every hotel room looks the same every diner looks the same um so buffy got herself to la and got herself an anonymous job in a place where no one's ever gonna see her Mm -hmm. and she can just not see herself yep and good for her. Yeah. Good for that's her. great. We're going to be so complimentary of Buffy in this uh-huh. whole episode because yeah. we and think she's doing she awesome. Like, Wookie, this guy with his own arm. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> uh, uh, dude's eating companion is very amused by this and smacks Buffy on the ass as she turns to go. Unfortunately, Buffy hasn't met Faith yet, who would have encouraged her to go just a tad slayer on this dude. So Buffy just bristles and then goes about her day. Uh, we and the ominous music wish she had been a tad more violent, but Buffy is all about denying her true nature right now. Poor mm-hmm. gal. Buffy goes to the next table and finds Chanterelle from Lie to Me spooching with her boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> we love Chanterelle. She's an amazing tertiary character, and if you have not watched Angel of the Series, please watch it immediately. Mm-hmm. You'll find out what happens to Chantra. Yeah. 
She's um, great. And, you know, she's going by Lily in this episode, but yeah. she will always be Chanterelle She will to always us. be Chanterelle in our hearts. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which doesn't, she's not Lily for very long. I'm like, eh, I'm not going to uh-huh. learn a new name. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> well, Lily is, it's a very placeholder type name. Yes. You know, and I think there's some myth or something, but some allegory behind it. But honestly, I didn't bother looking it up. Yeah, we're going to go with the reason that Chanterelle says that she got the name, which she'll mention later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I don't, I don't think there's a, a lot of... We're not doing a lot of heavy metaphor in this episode because it the episode is a me, is a self-referential metaphor of Buffy. And yeah. so we don't need to take it too far in the extremes of going into Greek myth right. or analyzing it too much anywhere beyond just this is Buffy coping with being Buffy right now. Right. And she's got if she gets a light mirror in mm-hmm. Chanterelle. That's about it. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. We just this is Buffy taking a break. Mm-hmm. And so we don't need to overanalyze everything. We can just sort of Focus on Buffy being fucking awesome. Yes. And is she. Oh my God, I love her so much. <laughs> and, and we could focus on getting a little drunk. Yay. A little drunky. <laughs> uh, Buffy uh, doesn't really look at them as she asks for their order. And, and we and Chanterelle's boyfriend notice that her name is now Anne, according to her name tag. Buffy doesn't really want to look at a canoodling couple, since her boyfriend is in a hell dimension, and asks with a half eye roll what they would like to order. He pulls a sad accumulation of coins out of his pocket and asks what they would what they could buy with it. Buffy furrows her brow and suggests, <laughs> um... <laughs> and waitresses and service staff all over the world say amen. We feel as we've had this person. And they're always somehow a dime short. <laughs> of anything they want to get somehow they're just exactly a dime short which is an amount of money that you feel like you need to kick in for them yeah or, like so it's, otherwise... it feels obligatory like right. if you but were then a it's, quarter it's, I would but at the same time but... it's like that's your fucking dime man like yeah. th- th- you want me to yeah. give you my dime come yeah. on totally yeah it's, it's so <laughs> but funny but you feel like, like an like... asshole if you don't give them yeah. the dime they are yeah. always a dime short and also a dime is just enough that you can't say, oh, the rest of it's on the house like anything under 10 cents you can kind of fudge it in the register if you need to but anything over 10 cents is like where you really have to draw that line and say you can't. Yeah. So I'm just saying, don't do this. Yeah. Please don't, do not be a time short or a yeah. penny short or, you know, whatever. Or, or if you are, just straight up say, hey, I want a piece of pie, but I don't have a dime. Is there any way I could get it back to you later? Right. Or, you could or stop me today. do two minutes of work for you. I can carry yeah. some plates in. I mean. Yeah. Or don't get a tattoo. Exactly. <laughs> don't get a really expensive tattoo it's for true. two yeah. fucking people. Because that's fully inked. They could have gotten an outline. Yes, they could. Yeah. But, you know, they're, well, mm-hmm. I mean, whatever. That's the whole point, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Chanterelle suggests cake, but a dude says they need to eat healthy, and they can't have cake. He suggests pie instead. Oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> We're supposed to not feel too bad for him later. Ricky's not the brightest bulb in the chandelier, no. and, and, it's, and of course, I mean, and this is, I mean, okay, so Chanterelle is, is sort of like the... The mirror of Buffy's younger self, right? Mm -hmm. A dude who actually does not know better trying to lead her. Hello. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, (laughs) Buffy's always had a decent amount of horse sense. An angel, sometimes not so much. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) it's, I mean, same kind of, just an exaggerated mirror here. Oh, yeah, totally. Ricky's dumb as a post. Yeah. And Chanterelle's letting, it's extremely bright, but pretend she isn't. We know Mm -hmm. she's extremely bright because we see her later and she is extremely bright. Yeah. Um, And she is letting this guy, this doofus, like just lead her around Mm -hmm. because she doesn't have the confidence. Yeah. Yeah. And and he is not... I had a thought and it's gone. 
<laughs> I'll continue to come back to you. I know. It's right here. It okay. was about him being smart and helping. Oh, um, she's taking care of him more than he's taking care of her. Right. But she, yeah, but like she has, we see uh, him, quote, take care of her here uh-huh. and, and make a decision for her. But she's the one looking at for where he is. He didn't check yes. in with her before going off to the cult. Right. He hasn't been anywhere. He isn't making sure she's taken care of. She doesn't she, have anywhere right. to stay. She's the one who knew they shouldn't have spent the money on the tattoos. Yeah. But she let him cloud her judgment. Mm-hmm. As we've seen, Buffy yeah. do like a million times. Yeah. 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 She falls for it every time. Yep. <laughs> and then Mandela says, <laughs> "Absolutely, yeah. It's just, I mean, yeah. It's it's mm-hmm. this it's this lovely little mirror of of Buffy's previous. Self. Yeah, it's like a very distilled mirror. Yes, of, of an extreme example. The same yes, thing. Absolutely. Yeah. But Buffy certainly recognizes it because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the eye rolling that's happening. It's like, oh god, this is what I was like. Yeah. Oh, I feel so stupid oh, right now. <laughs> I get." Just like we've all service people have had this moment. All of us have had this moment. If you've lived past the age of twenty-five, you're like, oh. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> she, she's having an ew. Yep. Uh, Buffy says they, they have peach pie that may or may not have actual peach in it. Um, there's And there's the quipping that we have missed. Yep. You're still in there, Slayer. <laughs> we can see you. <laughs> Chanterelle says that they made a mistake by spending all their money, but he insists that it was worth it. And they show Buffy what they spent it on. <laughs> Matching tattoos, one half of a heart each with each other's names inside, Ricky and Lily. Buffy comments on how very nice and permanent the tats are. (laughs) I should probably mention here that L.A., as far as we can figure, represents adulthood. And Buffy is most definitely fitting into adulthood just fine right now. Joyce would have been proud of the way she said permanence, (laughs) as would all parents everywhere. Yeah, well... Buffy had a permanent tattoo, and she spent her allowance getting it taken off. <laughs> she sure did. <laughs> Buffy is always like a 50-year-old grandma she in is. a slayer body. She totally is. <laughs> well, that's not practical now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's why she shouldn't listen to her simple parts. Yeah. Like, trust yourself, Buffy. If you're mm-hmm. disagreeing with your parts, then you're on the right track. Yes. If you are in agreement with them... You are on the wrong track, girl, and you need to just back up and go somewhere else. <laughs> uh, Ricky, making us suspect that Buffy's dream was sent to her by the powers that be, quotes Angel with forever. I mean, that's the whole point. Poor Buffy is very uncomfortable, even more so when Chanterelle recognizes her and asks if they know each other. Uh, Buffy says they don't. Chanterelle asks where Buffy is from, and Buffy says she's going to get their pie. She hands over their order to another waitress and says she's going home sick. <laughs> Way to bail out, Buffy. Nice work. Yep. Well, and uh, the powers of B are just knocking with that one. Oh, yeah. Like, well, they want Slayer the Slayer dream, back on track. Slayer Q. Hey, aren't you from Sunnydale? Yeah. Shit. They, want, they need the Slayer yeah. back on track. It's mm-hmm. not, not going to be good for Buffy, but nope. it's good for the world. Yeah. So the, the powers that be are like dark. To- I can't say it. I've already dark powers about to rise. <laughs> exactly. I can't say it. I, just, I end up sounding like I'm from the gorgeous. <laughs> Very dark power getting around some daily now. <laughs> In the surprisingly busy library, Giles is getting an update on the patrol the night before that he probably should have been on. Willow tells him there are some glitches in the system, and yeah, understatement. (laughs) And just to point out how odd the morality in Sunnydale is, because it will become extremely important at the end of this season, Giles, the adult, is sending human kids out to fight vampires. Mm Mm-hmm. It's, it's okay. It's a whole different thing when they go out to support their friend, the superpowered vampire slayer who can protect them. But Giles isn't even going with them. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, isn't that endangering minors? 
we could say he's absent-minded. Just a tad. Yeah. He's, because, again, without Buffy to ground him, he's, well, I mean, PTSD boy. Yeah, you know, for sure. His girlfriend he's, died. He's he been was tortured. tortured by the person who did it, who used to be his friend. And his now daughter is gone. His daughter is gone yes. after going through something that he knows is probably the worst thing she will ever endure. Mm-hmm. And uh, as we find out soon, Buffy's mom is not helpful. Right. So, you know, if he feels, and, if he's like, yeah, you guys go get yourselves killed, whatever. Yeah. And that's, and that's the kind of slippery morality yeah. we can see in Sunnydale. Like, if mm-hmm. you're a good guy, considered a good guy, yeah. and you're on Buffy's team, you can get away with all kinds of shit. Yeah. Like, because in a court of law, that wouldn't matter if he's going through some shit and he's sending, like, <laughs> minors out, you know. Yeah, Because what would happen, I mean, what would happen in a normal town or even in L.A. in the adult space if one of these teenagers got seriously hurt or killed? I mean, if the police found out the whole story, Giles would be charged with a bunch of crimes. Mm-hmm. So that's Sunnydale for you. Yeah, you know? it is. Well, they're just... the. The uh, SDPD LOL is just grateful somebody else is out there doing it. They it's don't true. care who it is. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and this is, I feel like, you know, just like Buffy's experience is a self-referential microcosm of a metaphor, um, the squidgy morality happening with the Scoobies in this episode is also a self-referential, you know, Ouroboros of yes. a of a metaphor. They're where, they're decompensating because Buffy's gone. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And they're just they're eating their own tail on this. Yes. Like they just keep going around in circles. The Scoobies are never going to get better at fighting unless Giles helps them. But he's not helping them. He's just sending them out. So they're never going to get better unless Giles helps them. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Absolutely. And Giles is just trying to get his Slayer back. He doesn't give a shit. Well, and in the end, they just go get Buffy's shadow self, but she fixes everything. For yeah. Him. <laughs> <laughs> but she's also been gone. She's been out of town. Absolutely. So she hasn't been there to help. Yeah. There's no Buffy stand-in. No. Nope. Like so we these folks had... just been running around bumping into each other. Yeah. And we shit. haven't even had Drusilla to rein everything in. She's right. gone. <laughs> Everyone's gone. There's it's no true. Buffy in Sunnydale. And so it it's it's a self-referential. This is Sunnydale before Buffy got there. Yeah. It is everyone in denial and eating their own tail, trying to solve a problem that's not solvable without the major key player. And that's why we have to take Buffy out of where she's capable and put her back in Sunnydale to break that vicious cycle. Yeah. Poor Buffy. Yeah. Poor Buffy. (laughs) She's the linchpin in this whole thing. We're so sorry, Buffy. (laughs) (laughs) Now, okay, we're going to yell at Joyce later in the episode for trying to blame Giles for shit that is her fault. But this one is on him (laughs) a little bit, gotta say. (laughs) Because they're the actual adults, the adultier adults. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> no, go hunt, hunt vampires. It'd be great. <laughs> anyway, uh, Giles tells Willow to be careful, though he appreciates that they're trying. They determined that any violent desks among the Scoobies would make him cranky. Okay, I know I'm not supposed to be all into metaphors because that's your job, Snart. And yes, uh-huh. Buffy's out of town. And, and But this one's so blatant. It's like they stuck it in just to show us, like give us a snapshot of Buffy. Uh-huh. Buffy's heart and spirit want to get back to slang, but her mind isn't into it yet. Yep. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, it totally is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like when they're acting individually as characters, we can say they're not part of the metaphor because Buffy's not there. Right. But yeah, when when we have the all the Scoobies interacting together, that is metaphors without a Slayer. It's <laughs> it's the pieces without the Manus. They're wandering around. It's kind of like um. Oh gosh. Okay. This happens in a lot of video games, but most recently I'm playing Legend of Zelda. And there's these skeleton things you fight, and you hit them just like twice, and then their head falls off. Mm-hmm. And if you punt their head off the side of a mountain, their bodies will just wander around looking for the head while the head tries to get back up the mountain. It's hilarious. 
That is really funny. And it's just kind of exactly like what's going on here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're not fighting you. They're just looking for their head. Yeah, they're, it's true. they're completely ineffectual and you can just go about your life. It's all true. Yeah. Yes. And if you pick up the head, you just automatically kick it. Like that's the action. You don't have an option to really like throw it or anything. You just pick up the head and you kick it. You punt it. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah. That's pretty good. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, so they are they are just lost, and Giles Giles doesn't see a way out of this without a Slayer, mm-hmm. and so as he shouldn't, because there's no way out of this without the yeah, Slayer. Yeah, there really isn't. He can help the Scoobies, but they're incompetent messes, right? And so his best solution is to spend all of his time and resources trying to find Buffy, and that's what he's doing. I, and I, I would say at the same time, if he, if Giles wasn't so distracted he'd be like don't go out saying please don't uh-huh. don't no, go out the vampires yeah. can get out of control i don't care right now you cannot get killed mm-hmm. yeah we'll have a slayer fest later it'll be fun yeah exactly yeah, yeah. he's just not yeah he's not there no he's not there <laughs> he's but not thinking like an adult in this the situation. mind is not in it the mind is not uh the mind is reluctant at best in relationship with having to slay things which is exactly what's going on that's with buffy. buffy that's yeah, buffy in that's nutshell. exactly yeah. where buffy is she's like oh, fuck slayer dream i'm gonna go home uh-huh like <laughs> I can't she's not even. Saying, oh this was in my dream we should investigate no it's like yeah. fuck you fuck you powers fuck you yeah. slayer dreams i'm going I'm home g- screw you guys i'm going home yeah. <laughs> <laughs> buffy as cartman yes buffy summers as eric cartman <laughs> yeah. and she's like that up until the point where it falls into her backyard and she can't yeah. not well, when somebody begs for help, that's Buffy's mm-hmm. Achilles heel. Yep. <laughs> Always will be. Because she's a really yeah. nice person on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's. I, mean, I, I think that metaphor is definitely at play. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's too blatant not to <laughs> Yeah, be it's just right. It's like, hi. Yeah. <laughs> <Ta-da>! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and this, the heart and spirit are are involved in this and putting all their energy into trying to kill things and get the head back in the fight, the mind back in the fight, when. They honestly have more important relationships to be attending yes, to. Yes, they do. Which also works with that metaphor. Yeah, absolutely. They really need to be working on their relationships. They're both fairly estranged from the people that they're dating. They're getting there. Yeah. 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 That's yeah, very excellent. Uh, Giles does, however, tell Willow that she's going to like one of the books she's checking out in particular. And Snard, you noticed that he checks that book out differently, as he in he does not check it out. He right. scans the uh, the Dewey Decimal sticker, right, and then he scans a barcode on the next book. And I worked in a high school library. <laughs> this isn't how you do it. Right. So he didn't actually. He's just playing the game. He's pretending he yeah. scanned it. And that was a good catch by you. I thought it was a problem. Well, it, well, we mistake. did it completely independently because I mean, our process is we watch the episode separately. Uh-huh. Uh, we watch the episode together. So I had picked up that he draws attention to the book by touching it and saying she's going to like this book. Mm-hmm. And you notice that he doesn't. That it doesn't actually scan. He's just pretending to scan. Yeah, because those aren't in the system. <laughs> And so we're thinking maybe that one's full of spells and he's mm-hmm. too distracted by his missing slayer to care that Willow is getting farther and farther into black magic. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just checking out books or quote, checking out books. He doesn't want to just hand it to her. Well, he doesn't want, yeah, exactly. He, the library is packed full of yeah. people. There are tons of people in there. So no, he can't just hand it to her. Mm-hmm. He has to pretend he's scanning. Yeah. And just keep up that, that memory, kind of muscle memory kind of thing. So people mm-hmm. are just, if somebody glances over, he's still scanning. Yeah, well, he's never used that scanning equipment before. So I'm yeah. surprised. <laughs> how do I do? How do I do this? <laughs> what is this very strange well, they, equipment? I don't know. They probably stopped keeping track after Xander and his uh, partially nude probably romp. They're like, you know what? Let's just not keep track of who checks these books out. Probably. 
<laughs> yeah, so we don't know for sure, but that was a ton of attention they were drawing to that book. Mm-hmm. So maybe, oh, who knows, maybe the book itself was going to pop up later when Willow's doing oh, yeah, witchcraft we should, stuff. We should keep track of that. It's like an orange book. Yeah. Uh, Cordy and Willow greet each other cheerfully, and Cordy takes the opportunity to complain about the terrible resort she stayed at. And, and we, okay, we have to say, Cordy has legitimate gripes about this one. The resort <laughs> she stayed in organized them into groups and forced them to participate in activities that are, frankly, never fun. And there were giant cockroaches. Yep, we're oh, with her. With her? Yeah. Yes. I'm not into organized fun. Organized um, fun is terrible. Yeah. It's like, let me have my own fun. This is why I don't typically do resort travel. Yeah, no. no. Yeah. I'm much more of the hoofing it with a backpack and a, a wing and a prayer kind of traveler. I'm good at staying home. Yeah. Yeah. It takes all kinds. <laughs> Absolutely. Stay home, play video <laughs> games. That's my kind of vacation. Yeah. That's also a very good <laughs> I am down with either. Honestly. I've got one of those vacations coming up pretty soon here. <laughs> I can't take it up much longer. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, She also asks immediately about Willow's summer break. So Cordy is making so much progress. It's kind of amazing. Yeah. Willow says it, says it was okay. And Cordy asks where Xander is. It's cute. Remember last year when she was complaining forever about museums? So much progress for Cordy. Yeah. And she's wearing this nice renewal green. And they're going to treat her like shit. Yep. She uh, likes it in the end. She, she gets all fired up. But as soon yeah. as she can figure out what the fuck he's doing, she's all happy about it. Yeah. Well, she's like, <laughs> but at oh, first she's like, what the fuck are you doing? We argued like this before the janitor closet. Exactly. Oh. exactly. <laughs> but it takes her, it takes her yeah. and us a second to be like, what are you doing, dude? Yeah. You're going to kill your girlfriend. <laughs> anyway, we will we'll get, get there. there. <laughs> uh, Willow says she isn't sure where Xander is. And Cordy is adorably nervous about seeing him. She asks Willow if she looks okay and about her hair. And, and yes, Cordy, you look gorgeous as usual. Willow agrees that she looks good. Cordelia, who says whatever is in her head, a trait we love her for, asks if Xander met anyone over the summer. Then she realizes they're in Sunnydale, which is full of monsters. Then she's worried because he's attracted to monsters. Does her hair look okay? <laughs> yeah, it looks fine. <laughs> Willow, Willow assures her that she still looks good. It's been ten seconds. Uh, Willow tries to get help from Oz, and Cordy clamps a hand on her arm and worries that Xander has forgotten her and decides she'll make him remember. Willow, of Which, course. When she shows up at the bronze later. Hello. She does remind him that she exists. Yeah, all of us. In yeah. case we had forgotten, hey, yeah. Cordy, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Willow, of course, is surprised to see Oz and even more surprised to see him with books. Turns out he didn't graduate. Okay. And for Willow fans out there, we're going to be pretty hard on her for the rest of the series, you know, like the rest of the whole series. Pretty but much, yeah. uh, good for her for eventually deciding to stay with Oz after finding this out. You know, her initial reaction is kind of terrible, but one would assume that her type A personality wouldn't allow her to be with someone who didn't graduate on the first try. So we'll give her kudos mm-hmm. on that one. I'd be more pissed about the not telling me thing. Yes. Yeah. She, she's mad about the wrong thing. Yeah. 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 But the reason he didn't tell her is because she's a type A freak. So <laughs> that's part of the yes. thing. Yes. And he understands her. Yes. So, yes. yeah. It's, it's understandable. Yeah. I, I always get more pissed about lying than yeah. anything else. Yeah. He is wearing red still. So. Still a little hurt. Yeah. <laughs> something going on with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, some kids run past them, and a teacher yells at them to somber up because school has started again. I love these. This teacher. I know, these were always my favorite teachers, the ones who <laughs> were not excited to be back either. <laughs> yeah, we're all back. Isn't that great? <sighs> I wish we saw more of this teacher. Yeah, I, I th- isn't he the one on the last day of school who's doing hangman or whatever? Yeah, I think he I is. I think he might be. Yeah. <laughs> I just I loved him so much. 
Like I had him. I had exactly that guy. Yeah, let's let's hope he, that he he makes it out to retirement without the Slayer in the high school, oh, shall yeah, we? Well, he's a good teacher at Sunnydale High. You know he's got some Slayer game. He's probably got a shotgun under his desk. Yeah, totally. <laughs> he's got like wards in his like walls. Yeah, totally. He's fine. <laughs> Like pentagrams drawn. Yeah, in... no, he's totally good. He's gone in there and checked out the books from Giles. He's good. I hope so. He got it. <laughs> <laughs> well, he well he would have transferred to a different school when Sunny High was High was blown up. So maybe mm-hmm. he got in a safe spot. Yeah, yeah. Let's hope. <laughs> Willow asks Oz how she's supposed to react to this, and he's hoping she'll find it cute. She says she isn't turned on by the repeating a grade thing, and he and says he's a genius, so she can't understand how this would happen. Oh, Willow, thank you for illustrating so perfectly that Sunnydale is not adulthood. Yes, school is very good at just demonstrating certain things about intellect, like the ability to excel at following instructions, but terrible at demonstrating overall intellect. Mm-hmm. Oz is predictably chill about this overreaction. <laughs> <laughs> Xander runs up and asks if they've seen Cordy. Willow says she's around. Um, he talks about how super duper excited he is because of the heat they'll be generating when they see each other. He realizes that he's geeking out a tad. And is it my imagination? Or is Willow looking at Oz like she wishes the two of them could have some heat like Cordy and Xander do? Oh, she totally is. And if She's she... like sighing and looking yeah. over and over again. And you know, she could have been helpful and told Xander that Cordy missed him but she's and doing was that, looking for him. But she's doing that Willow get the fuck over it thing already. Yeah. <laughs> already oh, she thing. Is. Yeah. yeah. She, she's doing that so hardcore. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she's she's now trying to get in the way again yeah. between the two of them again. Xander scampers off and then scampers back and Willow tells him that his hair is fine. <laughs> <laughs> More than that, he looks great. He looks really good. I swear he dressed himself like Jordan Catalano for my so-called life. Oh my because God, he I thought was thinking the same thing. Take him with the, like, the Joker kind of thing. Yeah, no, he totally did. Yeah. Yeah. He did. <laughs> oh, we pan over to Larry. Hi, Larry. So you're thinking something about Larry. I was. So, okay, we were thinking that... Willow is wishing she had the heat with with Oz with that, Oz, the, that the, Xander and Cordy have. Yeah, and yes. so maybe she's wondering, because the last time she felt heat like that was during Xander's little love spell. Right. Um, and so maybe she's wondering if she just hasn't found the right guy. Yeah, yeah I think she's a little off. And, yeah, <laughs> she's a little off because she's super gay. Yeah, and I mean, and we were talking about maybe her cheating with Xander is an attempt mm-hmm. to capture that sort of yeah. heat that she can't because they're guys. Which I think a few queers can attest to. Absolutely. I mean, I, I certainly cycled through people trying to find the right person because that's what everyone says. Well, if you find the right person, right. it's just magic. And you keep trying somebody of whichever yeah. gender and they might not mm-hmm. be. The, yeah. yeah I, I mean, sometimes I, it's the person. Yeah. Like, if, like for bisexuals, it's probably mm-hmm. more like the person uh, for folks who haven't realized they're, they're gay yet. Mm-hmm. It's sometimes the wrong gender. Yeah, you know, and, and Oz is awesome, so of course you're Why wouldn't into him. She, yeah. And, yeah, and eventually she, when they do have sex, she seems to enjoy it just yeah. fine. But I don't but I don't get the impression from that scene there's any heat at all. No, it's just there's not. And it's she's like feeling love disappointed and in him, so mm-hmm. there's a crack in the relationship. She's watching Xander look great, mm-hmm. be after Cordy. Um, she's not helping Xander in any way, and then immediately we, we have the only outed gay character. Yep. Cross in front with dialogue. Sure is. I mean, it's amazing dialogue, and I love Larry, and I love that he's what he says. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think that's the show making it explicit that this is about Willow being gay. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. I, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, Larry says it's their year. 
they will have the best football season ever. He's super in shape and drinking egg whites and out of the closet and proud and all that. And if we can focus, keep discipline, and not have quite as many mysterious deaths, Sunnydale is going to rule. And I love him. But poor Larry, he has less than a year because he's gay on television. Mm-hmm. But this conversation leads right to Buffy's class protector award because the students are discussing Hellmouth related deaths openly now. Yes. Um, Willow is still having a hard time with Oz not graduating on time. She thinks it's strange. Oz asks if she'll go for eccentric with an option on cool. (laughs) (laughs) I like the bargaining of perception. (laughs) Oz is just chill. Yeah. (laughs) Cordy and Xander have found each other and are exchanging haze. Things get more awkward from there and Cordy gets irritated and Xander gets defensive (laughs) and then they both flee. (laughs) And I feel both of them. I've had this conversation before. Oh yeah. It's not till later that Xander overstays. Steps a tad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know. He's, yeah, I know. He's, he's <laughs> yeah. a teenage boy. <laughs> oh, and, and I should note that this entire three minute and almost 30 second sequence was done in one continuous shot. No cuts. Oh. That's insane. Especially for a show like this with a small budget and a bazillion extras in the background doing very carefully choreographed, choreographed movements. That is yeah, I never even noticed that. It's seamless. Uh-huh. And I think huh. they do it because it's, okay, in stark contrast uh, to the energy of the, the first day of school, poor Buffy is sitting in, in on her bed in the dark and pondering an open can of SpaghettiOs with meatballs, which are actually pretty tasty. I they say. are. I don't know if straight out of the can, though. I like to I like up. to heat them up, too. Well, yeah. and she has a stove. I think uh-huh. she's just, she's enjoying just being miserable. Like, yeah, it's, no, it's important, totally. that, is, that is something you do. And it's it's, we're seeing her... Be very spotten. Yeah. Very, very spot. Very yeah. spotten in her yeah. taste. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's real spotten. W- w- um, wicked spotten. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, she is, she is that embodiment of what faith is later, where she's just living mm-hmm. on what's necessary. This is how slayers have lived for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's got to be refreshing on some level. Absolutely. It's kind of like uh, when you... When you eat meat off of a bone, and you're like, "Yes, this is hitting some tearing, man. gnashing, and yeah, our primal like there's, stuff." There's a very, very deep instinct on that mm-hmm. um, that comes with our DNA, and I think that living a very simple life with very simple means is part of Slayer DNA. Absolutely, yeah, and uh, and it makes sense that Buffy, who is grieving what happened in her human life in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. would sort of go back to the Slayer life, and yeah. And, Absolutely, it's something she totally. it's something she excels in. It's something she can control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, without the slang part, of course. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but you know the isolation. Sure. Yeah, one girl in all the world. That's mm-hmm. her. Yeah, um, uh, and watching this episode as closely as we do for the podcast, it really reminds me of when Buffy is trying to readjust to life after being brought back from the dead uh, the second time. I mean, I know with Buffy, one must be specific about which death. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at least this time, she doesn't have to pretend for her to be happy because of her friends and Dawn. You know, she yeah. can just, you know, she's embracing uh, one's very justified grief and depression and guilt and everything else Buffy is is going through. Sometimes a very good thing and. I think it's easier for her in L.A. than it is in Sunnydale, where her friends insist that she pretend everything is fine, so it's easier for them. They're even wanting her to pretend everything's fine from a distance. Right. Like, wherever she is, yeah. she better think everything is fine and yeah. come back here and act like yeah. everything is fine. it's the first day of school, she should come back in town for the first uh-huh. day of school, even though she's a... Expelled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, she, when she, the way she has set this up, and she's done it intentionally, uh, Buffy can hole up, deal with some very adult issues in adult space, and go back when she's damn good and ready. Yeah. Good for totally. her. 
Um, she's walking sort of sadly along the sidewalk to work past, we should note, Helen's kitchen to <laughs> foreshadow the last third of the episode with the yeah. plan words. <laughs> when she sees a guy trying to chat with another guy and hand him some leaflets, Buffy notes this. She actually already looks pretty suspicious of this whole situation, even though her neighborhood is pretty rough and I'm sure she's seen worse things on the way to work. Yeah, but there's something instinctive that's yes, this. And we kind of pass it off as her just like, oh God, don't talk to me. But, but Buffy's not in that space. No. You know, she's she wants to be left alone, yes, but she pings on something hinky going on. Mm-hmm. Some kind of slayer thing. And she's living like a slayer, so yeah. naturally her slayer instincts would be up. Yeah. She runs across an older lady who claims that she is no one. Uh, the, the woman, not Buffy. Buffy, as we'll find out, is very, very far from no one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, back in the library, Giles, as he has been all summer, is searching for Buffy. He gets off the phone and announces excitedly to Willow and Xander that he has a very sketchy lead that Buffy is in Oakland because there was a girl there fending off vampires about a week ago. Um, and as much as I would love it if this was Faith taking the wrong, oh, yeah, but it, it turned out to not be vampires at all. Yeah. But how awesome would that have been? <laughs> well, I like the little, um, because we have Chanterelle, mm-hmm. we are just reminding the audience that other groups like this exist, the gothy clubs. Yes, yeah. absolutely. People yep. pretending to be vampires <laughs> yes. listening to very silly music. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty awesome. I was one of those. <laughs> uh, notably, Giles already has his packed bags at the school, and he tells them he's flying out in about an hour. Xander asks why this lead would be more important than the last nine wild goose chases Giles has been on, and Giles says there might be a meal service. <laughs> Good one. Well, and it's great framing. The way this is filmed, kind of like the continuous take, we're looking through a window, we, so it's another mm-hmm. one of those weird angles. With librarian in front, so we're labeling Giles, but he's obviously doing other stuff. So yeah. it's speaking to that duality that he's, he's having to live in. Yeah, and I mean, and you can see that duality right at his workplace. He is the librarian. He was scanning books and pretending to be a librarian. Uh-huh. Uh, at the same time, he's got his jump bag at work, packed, ready yeah. to hop on, hop on a plane whenever she, he hears about Buffy. Mm-hmm. So he's living completely living a double life right yeah, now, and it's totally. taking his toll because he is stressed out. Yeah, he is, and poor guy. I know. Mm. I feel for him. Xander says he doesn't want Giles to be disappointed again, and and Willow goes for the peppy. It's good that you're looking, though. Fuck she, you. Yeah. She says Giles shouldn't give up, and Xander quickly agrees because he doesn't want to look like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Giles says he has to try and runs out. Willow is still hoping that Giles will find Buffy, and Xander wisely says he'll find her when she wants to be found. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well said, sir. Well, he is perspective guy. He is perspective guy. He absolutely is. Speaking of, Buffy is done with her shift and is being found by Chanterelle, who calls out to her by her new name, says Buffy is bad at undercover. She doesn't respond because that's not her name. (laughs) Chanterelle switches to calling out Buffy, and Buffy stops and gives away the game completely. (laughs) Terrible at undercover. Our assassin friends over at Person of Interest be face-palming so hard right now. (laughs) Yeah. Chanterelle asks Buffy not to be mad at her because she isn't going to let anyone know Buffy is Buffy and asks if she recognizes her. Buffy does recognize her from the diner and remember that she's going by Lily, which is actually pretty impressive. Yeah. You remember the, la- the name of any of your customers? Like you've seen ones? No. Yeah, exactly. No, I remember their drinks maybe, but... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like when I run into the outside of context, I'm like, hey, you... Chai latte. How's it going? Yeah. How's it going? <laughs> girl drink 
<laughs> Chanterelle tells Buffy who she really is, the nice gal who fell in with vampire wannabes and almost got eaten by Spike before Buffy saved her. Buffy does remember now. Uh, let's remember, too, that Buffy doesn't run the kind of operation where she checks in on folks she saves to see how they're doing. Angel will, but Buffy won't. Uh, it's not a bad thing. It's just a different approach, and there are consequences to both. But, I mean, she's a slayer. She's built to kill, not counsel. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't think... Uh... I don't think it would behoove anybody for her to be checking in with them because then the vampires might get the idea that that's somebody that they can use against Buffy. Yeah. And yeah, no, that. Yeah. I mean, there, there are a few moments where I, and I think we'll talk about them where people would have benefited from Buffy's intervention. Mm -hmm. Um, Jonathan. Yeah. Mostly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, things could have gone a different way, but it's not Buffy's job. No, she doesn't. I mean, Poor gal doesn't want to be a slayer at all. Like, no. expecting her to check in on people is a little extreme. <laughs> she's already patrolling every night and not getting right. her homework done. Like, exactly. we don't need to put anything else on her plate. Right, and she's a slayer. Yeah. Slayers just kill shit. <laughs> they tear shit up. That's what mm -hmm. they do. Yeah, it's unnecessary. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, if you have a slayer who, let's say, has some guilt about stuff and needs redemption, then you get somebody who will check in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Especially if she's mentored <laughs> by a vampire. Uh -huh. Um <laughs> Chanterelle remembers very well that Buffy saved her and her friends and mentions that she didn't get a chance to thank Buffy for that. Buffy asks if Chanterelle mentioned to anyone that she's a superpowered vampire slayer on sabbatical, and Chanterelle insists that she didn't. She says she didn't even tell Ricky. She was shocked to see Buffy li living such a mundane life. Yeah, us too, actually. Uh, Chanterelle says she'll keep the secret, though, because she knows how it is when you want when you got to get lost. And being Buffy's mirror in this episode is going to be dangerous enough without pissing off the Slayer by revealing her secret identity. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Buffy asks if Chanterelle lives nearby and finds out that Chanterelle is homeless. She and, her, and Ricky stay in abandoned buildings. They are doing so much character building for Chanterelle in this episode. I just oh, love it. Oh, I know. Yeah. There's a reason that she does what she eventually does. Mm -hmm. There's a reason she becomes, you know, gets the job that she gets and starts the organization she starts because she lived it. Yeah, totally. So great. Yeah. And when we see her later, no men. No. She doesn't even really have chemistry with Angel. No, she's... Everyone's got a little chemistry with Angel. She has a mild but... flirtation with Gun. Yeah. Because who wouldn't? I mean, yeah. she's gorgeous. Um, but yeah, I mean, she's she's all about her work. She's all about mm -hmm. helping people. Just yeah. like Buffy helped her. Yeah. Love it. Totally. Love it. She asks Buffy how she thought of Anne as a name, and Buffy tells her it's her middle name. Snards, too. <laughs> yes. Only mine doesn't have an E. Right. Yeah. Uh, it, it's really a good thing everyone in Sunnydale is as bad at Slayer finding as Buffy is at Undercover. She's back <laughs> in the city where she grew up and going by her middle name. <laughs> it's been all summer. I mean, make a list of all the jobs in L.A. that don't require a work history and start calling and asking for Buffy or Anne. Yeah. Like... <laughs> not that hard <laughs> actually this makes me think that giles hasn't told the watchers council that buffy has run off yeah he's just using contacts right he's i mean not using the, the council well, because you know that they have shamans and all kinds of spells mm -hmm. and crap and are probably finding runaway slayers all the time yeah. <laughs> because it's a shitty job uh if he had contacted them they could have told him that the new slayer has been activated and, and to expect her as well mm -hmm. yeah that's very true so i it would be admitting that he's not doing his job very exactly. well, and I can understand why he wouldn't do that. That's like a last resort. Well, because Giles, at this point, still cares what the Watcher's Council thinks of him. Yes. We find that out during the Cruciaventum. Yes. <laughs> that he still cares. Mm -hmm. he, he still cares about his reputation there. Well, he still identifies. I mean, seeing the word librarian over him in the previous mm -hmm. scene, 
it's saying that he still cares about the cover identity. He still cares about right. everything that he's meant to and do. And scanning the books and doing the yeah. librarian thing. And like, absolutely. Yeah, so if he's caring about his cover identity, he's definitely cover. He's caring about what he's covering. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they could have found her in like five minutes, I bet. Probably. <laughs> anyway, Chantrell says she, he, she got her new name, Lily, from a song, and that Ricky picked it, giving her the identity he wants. Is he? Mm-hmm. Perhaps, even though he's a very sweet, if naive guy, he's unintentionally moving her into a space where he defines her and, as it turns out, makes her weaker. No wonder they make Buffy uncomfortable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chanterelle tells Buffy that she's always changing her name. Maybe not for long. She might find one she likes pretty soon. Mm-hmm. She tells Buffy that Chanterelle was her exotic phase. Buffy surprises me by knowing that a Chanterelle is a mushroom. <laughs> Go, you go, Buffy. Yeah. <laughs> Chantrell <laughs> says she didn't realize that and acts embarrassed. And I'm not really sure she's being truthful here because she wanted to live in the dark as a vampire. The name is a little too apt to be an accident. And I wonder if Chantrell is just in the habit of hiding her intelligence. <laughs> Buffy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Buffy. Yeah. I mean, I think either one is a good bet. Yeah. I mean, yeah. When, when we see her later, she's smart as shit. Yeah. And you can't just become smart like overnight she had a lot of root like basic intelligence that she Mm -hmm. had in there that she was hiding like buffy (laughs) (laughs) buffy buffy who pretends she can't do math even though she (laughs) is really really good at math true story yes yeah yeah buffy who pretends she's terrible at school and rocks at the sats Mm -hmm. that buffy yeah yeah (laughs) I, i think i think either way but you know it works yeah yeah. Yeah. Uh, Buffy says... Maybe she's just embarrassed somebody else knows that it's a mushroom. Probably. <laughs> well, she's trying to get Buffy to kind of guide her through some stuff, so I can see why she would pretend she's not as smart mm-hmm. as she is. Yeah. Uh, Buffy says, it's an exotic mushroom, if that's any comfort. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me think of, there's there's a Japanese saying about growing, uh, sitting in the dark and growing mushrooms. I think it's like being sheepish and sort of wallowing in your own shit. Mm. And uh, there's an anime, I can't remember which one it is, but a guy gets really embarrassed and then they're like, they mention that and he's over in the closet and sticks his head out and he's got like mushrooms sticking out of his hair. God, I told you anime was creepy. (laughs) That's creepy. It's supposed to be metaphorical. It's really funny. It cracks me up. (laughs) Yuck. (laughs) Chanterelle says that before the vampire cult, she was falling. Okay. How have I not noticed this before? I have watched the show a zillion fucking times. She was following this loser preacher and calling herself Sister Sunshine. Is that Caleb? I think he might be. In the early days before the first got him? I mean, yeah. what if he was so just kind of a doofus before the misogyny and the evil came? I mean... Yeah, well, I mean, letting people call themselves something like Sister Sunshine is already misogynistic. Right. So... Why not? I think he's the only preacher we hear about. Yeah, other than, other than that one, uh, other than the one, um, oh shit, uh, uh, the the vampire dude on uh, how to uh, never kill a boy in the first. Date. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> but Fra- yeah, you know, the Frankie Beans guy or whatever he was. Yeah, um, that guy. Um, but no, I I like that theory. I, I, it works in canon because we I go for it. Yeah, because I can it's, see it's Caleb... weird to mention a preacher mm-hmm. right here. Well, and he's a nomadic preacher. There's no way that any any one place would take him for very long once they realized what he was like. Mm-hmm. And he's just kind of roaming around looking for a purpose. And then he finds the first. Yeah. Or the first finds him. Well, he has enough charisma to make people follow him. Yeah. Please Nathan are... Fillion. I mean, of course he does. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard him, I've heard of him referred to as sex on legs before. <laughs> 
<laughs> now I have to post the Britannic skit with him in it. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, Buffy asks what Chanterelle is called at home, and the way she phrased that, she already knows the answer isn't good. Chanterelle just gets quiet and looks away, and Buffy says she likes Lily. Chanterelle isn't particularly attached to Lily, which is a good thing. Easy to ditch it for a better name. <laughs> for yeah. her. Oh. Yeah. Well, and you let some dude name you. Some idiot dude. Like, yeah. Mm, yeah, okay. <laughs> After a song, <laughs> yeah. says the girl named Michelle. It's well, fine. Well you, well, you didn't let like your first boyfriend name you. <laughs> True. You kept your actual name. True. Yeah. True. Uh, she asks Buffy if she has any money, and Buffy's head snaps up like Chanterelle was going to ask her for some cash. But no, Chanterelle is wondering if Buffy wants to go to a party with her. Basically, she'd hook Buffy up with a super secret rave invitation, and Buffy would pay for them to get in. It's actually not an unusual arrangement, or it wasn't back in the day of raves. I mean, I didn't go, but Snart did. It's about how it goes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you got your leg man, and then you've got the money man, and you've mm -hmm. got the drug man, and everyone meets up, and they all have fun, and then I go home because I don't like being touched. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's what raves are. Like, as soon as the ecstasy kicks in, I'm out. Don't touch me. What a surprise. It never went. <laughs> I mean, other than that, they were fun. Like, great costumes. Kind of like early Burning Man sort of idea. You know, because Burning Man is just a giant rave with way too much attention paid right. to it. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, there were good times. It was a it was a nice big spot where like-minded people could meet up. Yeah. Just a fun for a yeah. night kind of thing. And Buffy would hate it. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and Buffy... I mean, Buffy even lays that out for us. Um, she declines the invitation, saying she would rather be alone. Um, Chantrell hears the want-to-be-alone part and apologizes for bothering Buffy, but Buffy says that that isn't what she meant. She just didn't want to be in a big crowd of people. <clears throat> oh, hi, <laughs> foreshadowing. <laughs> How nice of Buffy's friends to bring the rave and the huge crowd to her very own house in the next episode. Oh, snap. Assholes. <laughs> Fucking assholes. Yeah. Like, she's... Buffy's never been a big crowd kind of person. No. She, like, uh, she, she's okay with the bronze on mm -hmm. quieter nights. Well, and the bronze is a voluntary crowd space. Yes. It's one where you can come and go and sit in, in quiet yes. or drink at the bar or go, go outside dance for a or, second. Yeah. Go outside, slay some vampires, come yeah, back come in. Yeah, come back in. Yeah. It's, it's a voluntary crowd space. Like, I'm kind of like that. I like to go to dance clubs because I can fuck off. Yeah. Um, well, but, and she has to be with her people. Like, yeah. whether she's with... with you know, Willow and Xander, or with mm -hmm. she was with Faith, or whatever. She yeah. has to be with her people. There. When she goes to the bronze alone, she comes in in a hot dress, dances for five seconds, and then leaves. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, she's not the the biggest crowd we ever voluntarily see Buffy invite into her house is the birthday with Dawn. Yeah, see how that goes. Where yeah, no one gets great. to leave. Yeah. yeah. Well, and she hates having all the potential crammed in her house, too. Oh, yeah. No, she can't hit. Buffy and I are one in this aspect. Yes. We, we... I, I cannot yeah. say how much I love Buffy in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I understand Buffy's aversion to crowds and people. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, and if you are the slayer, if you're the responsible one, which I tend to be the sober one armed, who's the only one armed, Yeah, you gotta, you I gotta... feel responsible for it. Everybody. Right. If you're the Slayer and you're in Sunnydale and there are vampires like lining up outside to eat people, that's your whole fucking evening is yep. keeping these dipshits from getting killed. You're not going to have fun. You're just going to. And the fact that you're there is going to make everybody else even act more stupid. Right. 
because, oh, the Slayer's here. They'll, she'll protect us. It'll be fine. Yeah. And, and almost every time she's there, she gets interrupted from what she's doing by to go and help some, save somebody from a vampire. Yep. <laughs> every time. Yep. <laughs> Which is why she needs a stake holster. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Chanterelle is thinking that Buffy is saying she doesn't want to hang out at all because Chanterelle is thinking Buffy doesn't like her because that's obviously what she has heard for her whole life. So she's got some transference going on. Mm-hmm. Buffy does offer to give Chanterelle the money for the rave so that she and Ricky can go. And then Buffy says they could meet up later. Chanterelle thinks she's getting blown off. And I really don't think she is. No, she's I, not. Yeah, I absolutely think that Buffy would have been willing to meet up with them for coffee later. Um, and she might even have opened up. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, she seems to like Chantrell quite a bit at yeah, this point. Yeah, she does. I mean, she she relates to her. She even liked her in the Vampire Club. She's yeah. just kind of like, oh, honey. I exactly. Mean, this, is, this is not where you should be. Yeah, I mean, she's not. Buffy's not thrilled to have company right now. But if she has to have company, she doesn't mind that it's Chantrell. Yeah, she wouldn't mind meeting up. She wouldn't mind being a nice person. She wouldn't mind buying them, like, a real dinner. Maybe, right. you know, I, and I, don't I and she, think it would be a problem for her. And in the next episode, she's trying to push her friends into having a quiet dinner so she can talk to them. Uh-huh. I suspect that if she got in a quiet situation with Chanterelle and Ricky, she would yeah. happily say, look, this happened with my boyfriend and is this mm-hmm. what's going on? And I'm really, de- I'm depressed that I'm alone, but I like it and blah, blah, right. blah, blah. Yeah. I think she would absolutely open up to them. Well, and Chanterelle is somebody who's been through the shit. Yeah. So yeah. it's, and I've, I've kind of been there where it's like, I feel like I can't talk to anybody. And then I find somebody who might've felt dealt with even slightly more shit than mm-hmm. me. It's like, Oh, we can actually talk. Yep. You know? this, this is why Faith is so surprised that Buffy won't up, open up to her. Because yeah, she's well, like, by, I've been through worse shit. Hello. Well, talk well, to by me. then, she has definitely been burned. Yes. Well, because she's had to cram herself back into this whole God. bullshit. Yeah. <sighs> Fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it doesn't matter if she talks in front of Ricky either because... Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. He won't care. No. No, he won't. It, and he's a sweet guy. Mm-hmm. Or was. Uh, well, I guess still is for a minute. Um yeah. Yeah, it just seems like a really sweet, very... Yeah, uh, big, sweet, dumb puppy probably likes to wear velvet coats. Yes, probably so. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, Chanterelle has a type, too. She sure does. Because, I mean, she got got locked in with Ford, who was kind of like Buffy's type. Seemed to be... Diego. (laughs) Diego. Diego in the cloak of shame. (laughs) So good. So Buffy is trying to give Chanterelle the money and Chanterelle is telling her to forget it when an older guy bumps into them and walks off. Chanterelle tells him that wasn't very polite. And see, there's some assertiveness in there that just needs to be let out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Buffy is already giving him a bit of the Slayer stare and he turns and looks at them sort of vacantly. Buffy asks if he's okay, and he replies that he's no one and walks into traffic. He stands right in front of a truck, in fact, and Buffy launches right into hero mode, pushing him out of the way and getting slammed into by the truck instead. You know, the people in L.A. are pretty nice. They are. Like, this is the kind of behavior I recognize from our neck of the woods. Uh-huh. <laughs> They're totally, like, giving a shit. Yeah, I mean, there, yeah. there's there's already a crowd gathered around Buffy when we get back from the commercial, and they're being really good about not jostling her. They're very gentle. Mm-hmm. Asking her to lay down again, yep. wait for the ambulance. Absolutely. Yeah, and she, she's like, uh, Yeah, she's not having it, <laughs> but still. <laughs> she gets up, and the, and the truck driver comes over and helps her and is concerned about her. Chanterelle suggests that Buffy shouldn't move, telling her that she doesn't telling us that she doesn't have an idea about how how very very superpowered Buffy really is at this point even after lie to me she just saw the punching part I think because she was being yeah. bitten by Spike at the time she saw the bravery she didn't see the strength right and the super duper healing powers mm-hmm. and and, uh, and the truck driver who honestly has every reason to be like okay you're fine bye <laughs> <laughs> uh, tells her she should lie down Buffy 
has said just a few minutes ago that she isn't interested in being <laughs> in big crowds of people, and this is getting pretty crowded. <laughs> so she starts getting a bit nervous and assures them that she's fine. The truck driver, again, no reason to do this except being a nice guy, calls mm-hmm. for someone to call an ambulance. Nice dude. Yeah. Uh, Buffy's really done with the crowd, though. Uh, she says she <laughs> needs to go and runs off. <laughs> she's fine. <laughs> Bye. Fuck y'all. And <laughs> In her escape, she runs right into the guy with the flyers from earlier. She starts helping him pick them up, and he asks where she's running. She apologizes, and he turns all after school special and asks uh, what she's running from. Uh, he says she's new around those parts, uh, but says that she has the look. She wonders what he means, and he's right when he says uh, she had to grow up too fast, though making a lot of assumptions that are going to get you killed there, Ken. <laughs> I like that he chose the name Ken. He's trying to be as bland as possible. Yeah, he is. He yeah. is. He's he's the oatmeal colored sweater mm-hmm. of humanity. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't pay any attention yeah. to me. I'm just My here. name is Ken. I'm Ken and I'm yep. big square. <laughs> Buffy's not really into this, so she starts to leave. He uh, he asks what her name is, and nice job, Buffy. She remembers that her undercover name is Anne. Mm-hmm. Uh, he introduces himself and gives her a flyer advertising, you know, come home to family home, our house, blah, blah, with the light is always on. Uh, he tells her she should stop by and says, I guess you're not starving, but... And we can just hope he's saying that because he noticed uh, she's a waitress and isn't saying anything bitchy about her weight because she weighs nothing. <laughs> I'd love it if Buffy yeah. had been all, are you calling me fat? <laughs> <laughs> Looks like you don't need to worry about food. Or even if her eyebrows had said that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> just, just a little, mm. like, fuck you, son. What yeah. are you talking about? Yeah. I'm guessing it's because of the waitress outfit. It has to be. It's got to be. Because yeah. Just, or that she's clean. Maybe he's just associating, like, the fact that she's clean maybe. and showered. and Maybe. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. Otherwise, she would have called him out because she doesn't give a shit about anything right now. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> he continues that we're not just interested in feeding the body. You might find something you're missing. Okay, this isn't what he means, of course, but she sure is going to find something she's been missing at family home. She's going to find her love of ass-kicking and badassery <laughs> is what she's going to fucking find. Yeah. <laughs> Found it. <laughs> uh, uh, Buffy tells him she's fine, and he asks why she's there if everything is going well. He says, you get old fast here. Well, not as fast as other places can. <laughs> <laughs> he tells her that the thing that drains the life out of people is despair or being trapped in a dimension on a different timeline and worked like a slave. That'll yeah, do it too. Potato, potato. Yeah, it's the same yeah, time. It's the same. <laughs> completely the same. Just semantics. <laughs> just semantics is <Yeah>. all. <laughs> he says, kids come here and they got nothing to go home to. And this ends up being the last stop for a lot of them. Shouldn't have to be that way. And indeed, but working them into an old age in another dimension isn't exactly the way to help. <laughs> Uh, we get a sad montage of folks who are in dire straits and are homeless and then join the Scoobies in the bronze. Yes, and uh, Willow's wearing red, I just want to point out. Yeah. Yeah. Xander's not. Willow is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it can mean a lot of things, man. <laughs> yeah. I I think... I think, after really watching this episode this time, Willow is the driving force behind the affair. I think so, too. Yeah, I I kind of, well, and I kind of I, I mean yeah. I, I thought that in I I guess probably two thirds of the times I watched it I've I've thought that Willow mm-hmm. was probably the reason. I mean Xander doesn't help, but well, he doesn't okay push her away. I'm not going to do the boys will be boys thing, but there's a little head big head issue. 
He's a teenage boy. He's a teenage boy. Looking at linoleum makes him wanting to ha- <laughs> makes him want to have sex. Yeah. We know that he has the fantasy of women throwing themselves at him. And, and don't worry, we're not going to forgive any of his behavior. No, we don't. But, <laughs> but I'm just saying, he's... watching the setup, watching the costuming in this episode, I feel like she's going to be the driving force behind the And the Xander affair. does a lot of stupid shit, you know, it's... And there's a reason for it on a metaphorical level. Several reasons for it on a metaphor level. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah, I, I would think so, too. And she's just more calculating about stuff. Xander mm-hmm. isn't calculating. Or when he is, it's so fucking obvious. Like, in a minute. It's so yeah. fucking obvious what he's doing. Well, he thinks out loud. He is He's a little <laughs> bit like Cordy. Yeah, absolutely. In the, the lining up of thought and action. <laughs> right. And Willow is playing to the back scenes all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why when we have her in Dreams, she's on stage. Where she doesn't want to be, she prefers to be behind the scenes. Right. So. Yeah, agreed. Uh, there's a band in the lyrics or, uh, to the song the band is performing are, of course, very relevant. And I am slowly ripping my wrist apart with a butter knife. <laughs> <laughs> that's all they have at the bronze. <laughs> I'm with Xander in this one. Oh, yeah. Xander and Willow are yeah. not looking very Glad peppy. We, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Glad we came to the bronze for depressing, depressing night. Depressing night. And I love that. <laughs> Willow wonders what she is doing, and Xander thinks Willow is talking about Cordelia and has all kinds of ideas about Cordy cheating on him <laughs> during her summer vacation. And it's not Cordy who cheats, Xander. Always with a projection. Well, that guy. Cheaters are the big projectors. Absolutely, they yes. are. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very consistent. Because if they would do it, everybody else would do it too. Uh, of course. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Willow gives him a look, and he realizes that, yes, Willow was talking about Buffy. <laughs> Willow says the bronze isn't the same without Buffy, and I'm guessing that by the bronze, Willow means absolutely everything is not the same without Buffy. Oz brings Xander a drink while Xander comments about how difficult slaying has been. Oz thinks they've made, made some progress because they have a rhythm now. Uh, Xander thinks that the fact that half of the vampires are released uh, to murder at least one person per night is not an indication of success, but Oz thinks that rhythm is pretty important, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Willow! (laughs) Which makes me think he's the bass player, not a guitar player, but maybe that's just me. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, Willow also thinks that this is a timing issue. Uh, What? Like, at this time we have no Slayer? Like, what is she talking about? I don't know... Just agreeing with her boyfriend, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, I guess I, so. Well, I mean, or just expressing, maybe we're expressing that she doesn't understand the metaphor. Yeah, or that she doesn't. Rhythmically, because timing is rhythm. Yeah. Or that she just doesn't, she's doing the, maybe she's doing the peppy, naive Yay. thing a little bit. Yeah. yeah. If we just fix the, if we just fix the timing, everything's going to yeah, be like great. Yeah, timing on what? Yeah, like you don't lost. even know, yeah, you don't <laughs> even know what you're talking about. No. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> Xander uh, seems to be getting an idea of what they really need, and Oz, Oz's suggestion of getting a vampire slayer makes the most sense, because then Xander spots Cordy, looking fucking gorgeous, and declares that they will use her as bait. Cause that's not cool. <laughs> They're letting half of the vampires go. <laughs> like, uh-huh. uh, I mean, it's okay for Buffy to use Cordelia as bait, because we all know Buffy would die to stop anything from happening to the bait that she put in that position. Yeah. But this is not, it's not good. I mean, in Sunnydale, you're probably safer being Buffy's bait than you are walking home alone. It's true. <laughs> and for hell's sake, Xander, we did all kinds of mental gymna- gymnastics to defend you in the last episode. <laughs> When you did something the fandom wants to string you up for, and now you 
want to risk your girlfriend's well, life because you projected some cheating fantasy on her because of one awkward hello? Well, there's that. And also, you know, the Slayer Heart just barely killed the person that she loved. Or, you know, well, Buffy just killed the person she loved. Well, and she'll do it again. And he understands <laughs> that. And maybe, I don't know. I think there's a certain amount of Xander processing what he knows that he can't tell the others. Because how do you tell them that? Yeah. So he knows. And maybe he's trying to process it by acting it out a little bit. Maybe. You know, also, being in danger and arguing with Xander are the two things that make Cordy hot. Right. And so, I mean, I, that's, that's the thing I'm hoping for. Yeah. I'm hoping that he thought when he got her alone and got her all riled up, everything would uh-huh. happen. Yeah. Also, Cordy can just say no. But she wants him back. She does. Yeah, but he's, so he's it's using, a consent issue. Yeah, he's using her emotions. It's it's kind of like, it's almost like the love spell a little bit, you know? Like, it is. I mean, we're, Xander's not, we're not going to get him out of the woods for a good, strong half season. Right. So, yeah, I mean, he's going to do things that we don't agree with and we aren't great. Right. This one is not so great. No, it's not. He's lucky that Cordy is a great girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is what I'm going to say. Because yeah. Cordy is a fucking awesome girlfriend and she will forgive him. Mm-hmm. any time well, for horrible things. She is Buffy's shadow self and stand-in, so mm-hmm. she's better than nobody to bring in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I mean, when I get all metaphor and everything, it, it sure does indicate that Buffy's heart will kill someone she loves after she turns on her, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we could, easy, we could easily call this the end of the season foreshadowing. Yeah. Buffy thinks that Faith betrayed her, so she tries to kill her. Mm-hmm. No, it totally is. And we know this show does that. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah. Especially the first episode to, like, last two-part episode. Yeah. Well, and Xander's the one who tends to throw out the one-off lines that predict the future. Mm-hmm. You know, because well, he's the human. Until Faith takes yeah. that mantle from him and actually starts uh, explicitly predicting Buffy's well, future. She, she, she explicitly <laughs> pred- predicts Buffy's future, but Xander will... He doesn't stop being perspective guy. No, he he's does He's always not. perspective guy. No, it's... it's uh, Faith... Faith directly pr- predicts Buffy's future. Mm-hmm. Xander predicts the future of the show. Yeah, you know he does, and through his own projection and yes. inner processing, because he's co- like Xander. This he, poor human is constantly having to process all the weird shit this that's happening shit. all around him. Like he is stuck amongst you know supernatural beings. Mm-hmm. Willow's turning into a witch. Oz is a werewolf. There's nobody for him to relate to on a human level, other than maybe Cordy. Cordy's not going to be there for that long. No. So. Well, his, it's his fault that she isn't, but still, yes, right. Still, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, so he's having to do a lot of internal processing, and by doing that, he gets more perspective than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. It's yeah. just like you you as a big old queer have a lot more perspective <laughs> on straight relationships than a lot of straight people. Because it's fascinating. <laughs> what are they doing? <laughs> Why are they doing that? <laughs> what? Hmm. <laughs> That's very strange behavior. And I get out my field notes or whatever. Yeah, it's very... Yeah, yeah it's true. Uh-huh. Yeah, we're, we're there when, saying, when you're this inside is the way, it. Yeah. This is the way men and women are and have been forever and blah, blah, blah. blah. And queers like me are like, why? Yeah, we're stuck in the gender narrative. Yeah. Like, why do you have to be like that? Yeah. That's why weird. Can, why can't you just talk about your problems? Yeah, why can't you just talk about it? That's weird. Yeah. What? Why don't yeah. you buy him some jewelry? What's the problem? I don't get what the problem is. Why doesn't he do the cooking if he's better at it? I don't understand why you people know. are limiting each other. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at the summer's home, it's time to yell at Joyce. <laughs> uh, and this is why we made our cocktail for Joyce. The bitter Joyce. <laughs> the bitter Joyce. 
bitter choice. Oh, yes, Jason. it involves bitterness. Sure does. Yep. And schnapps. Just, <laughs> you know, she says It schnapps. actually turned out really, really well. But I've got to say, when, when you read the recipe, we say a splash of scotch to taste. We mean it. That's what just makes... Just a tad. Just a tad. You don't want a full shot. You just want to add it until it mellows out all the other ingredients. Yes. I promise you want this. You could do whiskey or bourbon or whatever, but... Mm -hmm. I promise you want this. Just a little splash. Just a little splash. Uh, <laughs> Joyce is paying bills. There's a knock at the door and... Okay, she really is stressed out about Buffy because she hurries over and opens it like Buffy is going to be there. And that's sad. It, it would be more sad if Joyce hadn't caused Buffy to leave, but fine. Yeah, because it's her fault. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's Giles. He reports that he just got back from Oakland and Buffy wasn't there. And how sweet that this is his first stop. It's very, very cute because he's yeah. a responsible person, unlike mm -hmm. some people in the house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there weren't even any vampires, just some teen goths. Well, your source sucks, Giles. <laughs> was it daytime when he saw the vampires? I bet it was daytime when he saw the vampires. Well, they were wearing the glitter, so he got confused. <laughs> oh, sorry. That doesn't happen for a few years. Thank God. This was, it was an innocent time. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to post, post Buffy versus Edward again. Oh, that's so good. I'm never going to not post that. <laughs> or the, the one with the, the puppet angel. Oh, yeah. I love that one, too. That's good. <laughs> Edward Cullen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't wait for smile time. I'm looking forward to smile time. I'm going to be smile depressed time. because we'll all be, almost be done with this whole Buffy verse thing. But it's, smile time be... is so fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <Yeah. clears throat> Sorry. Uh, Joyce thanks him for continuing the, the to search for Buffy. We see how... And we haven't seen her on a plane. Yeah. Well, well she kind of explains it. Uh, we, we see how close to the edge she is when she gets choked up when uh, she's telling him she can barely leave the house because she thinks Buffy will call her for help. And I understand that. Totally. But, it, I mean, after this is all over, if I were Joyce, I would be so proud if I found out that Buffy was able to move to a new city and get a job and an apartment and start living as an adult, you know, as an adult in this oh, yeah. life. It's interesting there's such a huge difference between what Joyce expects and what's actually happening. Uh, Giles, who actually knows Buffy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> One of the few in the group who actually gets Buffy. Yeah. and like, I, He I, sees yeah. her as a whole person. Like, this he is, gets it. Like, I think he probably, when he pictures what Buffy's up to, I think he pictures something very similar to what's going on. Mm -hmm. uh, because he, he says Buffy is the most capable child I've ever known. She may be confused, unhappy, but I honestly believe she's in no danger. Yeah. Well, I think, I think he's relating to her... Because he probably went, went went on walkabout after Igon. And before. I mean, that's yeah. pretty much what he did. Well, yeah, he went on walkabout, found the Igon people. Mm -hmm. uh, and then after Igon killed his friend, he went on walkabout again before going back and going to school. So, I mean, well, he's and, been here. Well, and he, if he's comparing his young self to Buffy, he's probably thinking, man, she's so much more mature than I ever was. Yeah. Like, she's, she's going like, to be fine. She's handling this great, <laughs> yeah. great <laughs> I mean, even with all the shit that Buffy gets drawn into at the end of the episode, she's got it handled. Like, really handled. Mm -hmm. She does a better job than Angel does with some of his cases in L.A. Oh, yeah. And he's like 200 fucking years old or something. Yeah. <laughs> she does great. Mm -hmm. Giles is right on the money with that. Buffy is freakishly capable, especially when she doesn't have anyone to fall back on. When it is just her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what do you have left? Me? She's mm -hmm. great. Yeah. She's so much better than when she has people. <laughs> <laughs> she, really, she does. Buffy is much healthier without a lot of the people in her life. Yes. Yeah. Well, we we never make the case in Buffy that it's worth it for other people. Yeah. We imply it. I yes. mean we but it's more of an implied um 
acceptance of responsibility and the necessity of that responsibility and acceptance. But we never make the case that Buffy is better because Dawn is in her life. We never, aside from Xander, Xander's the only person that she says, I'm better because you're here and I need you here. Aside from that, everybody else makes her weaker. Of course, she doesn't know that Xander lied about kick his ass. When she says no, she that, does this afterwards. I think it's in the last episode. They never talk about it. Though. Oh well, okay, they don't. I but. mean, that's, I, I just wonder if because that's that's the that's the thing that kind of pulls the pulls the rug out from everything mm-hmm. is if she can't even trust. I mean, she tells Xander, and it's a wonderful moment. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, oh, but she doesn't know. She yeah. doesn't know that he betrayed her too. You know? Yeah, I'm over it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. But, it, but it's inter- yeah. I, mean, I think it, I think it says something really interesting that she she really thinks the one mm-hmm. person she can rely on is Xander. Yeah. And yet he isn't like she has nobody. That's true. But I mean, I think through his comeuppance, he comes around to the person that she thinks he is. But it's the same thing that that we objected to in the pack where she doesn't know. You know, yeah. like she doesn't get a chance to forgive him for the real crime because she doesn't know. Well, okay. That's I, true. I think I think she'd forgive him in a second at that mm-hmm. point. Um. I think she'd forgive him when she when she comes back, uh, yeah. just because that's the way Buffy is, and she's going to put her feelings down. You know? Yeah, but, she is. She but just... she did, but she never knows. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, you know, I mean, what she as... she gives him the Slayer hello, yeah. and then everything's fine. Yeah, because they're like dudes. <laughs> they are. They're, d- they're dude bros together. Yeah, they are. But you know, he's he's just the only person that we express any kind of strength from him being there, mm-hmm. regardless of what else has happened ever. You know, that's the only time we ever make a case that maybe she's better because somebody else is around. But Without I will that. say there's I will say there's a huge exception. Uh, I mean, it's and it's weird to say it, but when Faith comes back in town, mm. she can lean on Faith. Yeah, she can, but that's that's after we've graduated her out of a whole bunch of stuff. Right, and we, and we are we are past all of the other crap that's going on, but we we still at that point, Buffy is better when she leaves that house. Yes. So really, I mean, and she she leans on Spike willingly, but we never make the case in this show like so many other shows like. Supernatural, family business, brothers. Mm-hmm. The brothers have to survive. If the whole world is going down, we don't care. Right. The brothers are what matter because family matters. Right. We never make that case in Buffy. No, we don't. And Ever. and and I think that the I think the reason it's so interesting at the end when she gets strength from her relationship with Faith finally at the very very end, mm-hmm. it's because they come at it as equals. Yeah, and it's and it's, it is not better because we're together. It is. We are both strong and we're going to kick ass together. Yeah. We're going to work in tandem. It's, but it's still, it's, um, Buffy's strength is not grounded in the fact that the faith comes back. It's not grounded in the fact that she has slayers. No, she's just kind of happy to have somebody to exchange the slayer. Hello. (laughs) She's really glad that Spike wore the necklace instead of angel, you know, like that's right. That's fine for her. (laughs) Right. Um, but yeah, or instead of her, but yeah, this, I think it's interesting that, in a show that is so much about relationships and so much about the, the handing off of strength and the metaphorical levels of humanity that we never make the case that it's about people. Not for Buffy. No. I mean, for for everybody else, they seem to form a nice little cohesive group that she is frequently excluded from. Because mm-hmm. they're assholes. Um, but yeah, if, if anything, when Buffy is around people, I mean, when she's around other, other slayers, she becomes stronger. Mm-hmm. Too much so sometimes for her. Uh, and um, when she's around other uh, vampires, she has to kind of change who she is. Mm-hmm. Uh, when she's around uh, you know, humans, she has to save them all the damn time. And yeah. she, everything is about them. And Really annoying. And so she's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, she, she is the one girl in all the world. That's who mm-hmm. she is. And yeah. the only time she can really have companionship that is good for her is if she's with other 
one girl in all the worlds <laughs> or one girls yeah. in all the world. But even I guess. Then, it's, it's not about, it's not about the relationships. I just find that interesting. Yeah. 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 It's about being uh, colleagues who yeah. may or may not. The, adore the relationships each other. define the show, but they do not define Buffy. No, yeah. she, she's, She's made weaker by ninety nine percent of them, and the yeah. one the one that she is not made weaker weaker by makes her too strong, and she freaks out. <laughs> well, and that that would also turn into a weakness. Anyway, we're off track, but <laughs> we have lots of time to talk about Faith. She'll be she's almost here. She is nigh. Well, she's laying it out, man. I know. I'm not saying that. I'm just. What? <laughs> I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. <laughs> Fine. You started talking about all the off track stuff. I just I, I just think it's funny because we don't we never make that case. We make it an angel. Okay, well, because they're a happy little group and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Buffy is always strongest when she is alone. Yes. Except always. for one time. I mean honestly, she's stronger with Faith. She just mm-hmm. is. Yeah. If she had and she might have I mean, they would have turned into primal slayer people and mm-hmm. taken over the world, but is that bad? You know, <laughs> depends on who's doing the steering. It would have been Buffy. Faith was always happy to take a backseat on that one, as long as Buffy was with her. Faith is not a bottom. Oh, but a backseat is different. <laughs> I'm sorry, because <laughs> then you get to you know, asexual. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she's. I mean, she always acknowledged that Buffy was a senior slayer. So yeah, Buffy would let. She's. It was like, come with me. You can run the mm-hmm. show, but we need to be slayers together. Uh, Joyce says she wishes she could talk to Buffy, and that's what got us into this situation, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think Joyce Uh. ever says what Buffy needs to hear after all of this. I'd probably go with something like, you know, I'm so sorry. I was angry, and I said things I didn't mean. There's nothing that you will ever, that you could ever do that will make me not love you, even if you are a big queer. You know, something like that. Something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anything that doesn't involve I've had schnapps. Yeah. Yeah. Or selfish little whatever mm-hmm. she implies with that whole conversation. Yeah. Joyce confesses to Giles that the last thing she and Buffy did was fight. She doesn't mention what she said during that fight, so Giles goes with the evidence he has for Buffy's disappearance, thinking that what happened with Angel is the only thing that made Buffy run, and tells Joyce it isn't her fault. He's being all super nice and sweet and reassuring, and Joyce says she doesn't blame herself for Buffy leaving. She blames him. And the look on his face, like the, the, through this whole conversation, he is so at a loss, as we all are. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Well, I mean, is, is projection genetic? Like, what the fuck is this? No, Joyce taught Buffy everything she knows about projection. Yeah, big time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Joyce explains yeah. to an incredulous audience that Giles has been a huge influence on Buffy and had a relationship with Buffy behind Joyce's back, so he's the one who took Buffy away from her mom. Okay, Giles does have one area in which he could accept a teeny tiny bit of guilt because he is the one who told Buffy not to tell her mom that she was a vampire slayer. Mm-hmm. Other than that... He's not the one who told Buffy to never come back. Uh, <laughs> we know he didn't because he was being tortured at the time. Yeah. So uh, we've pointed He's out... He's the reason she had to leave right then. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So if Joyce... Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, Joyce actually delayed him being rescued. Yes. Yes, she did. With her little snit. <laughs> uh, we've pointed out a couple of areas where Giles could have stepped up and been... And had more of a relationship with Buffy. Like after she killed Ted. Um, but 
that would have been apparently overstepping even more, and Joyce would have had more ammo against him in this scene. Yeah. Giles is very nice and very British, so he swallows uh, <laughs> what he really wants to say. I'm suspecting it was something like, bitch, are you crazy? She's your kid. Yeah. Uh, instead, he he takes a second and composes himself and then explains, I didn't make Buffy who she is. Joyce asks who who Buffy is, admitting she has no idea about her own daughter and still doesn't seem to be listening to the words that are coming out of her mouth. <laughs> Giles just kind of stares at her because what else can you do? Yeah, he's, he's doing that. It's, it's the equivalent of like type stuttering where you like start to reply to a text message and you delete it and then you start again and you delete it. Yeah. It's, it's like he's trying to find the thing to uh-huh. say. To, and he just, nothing. It, There's nothing yeah, you can say to that. Like nothing. flittering in between Giles and Ripper. And <laughs> Should have gone a little more Ripper on this one. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Buffy is pouring sugar from a larger container into those sugar dispensers at restaurants and doing a fine job of it to go, Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> Chanterelle comes in and asks Buff- er, Anne if she has a minute. <laughs> Buffy says she's arranging matches, so this isn't the best time. <laughs> <laughs> but Chanterelle tells her that Ricky has disappeared. He's been gone for more than a day, and that's unusual for Ricky. I totally believe that, too, unless he, he got lost going around the block or something. Bless his heart. <laughs> Bless his little cotton <laughs> Yeah, no shit. Uh, Buffy tries to hold on to her new mundane life by pouring even more sugar into the little containers <laughs> and asks Chanterelle if she has told the police. In Heart of Darkness, there's a character who keeps his sanity in the jungle by being obsessed with rivets. And that's what Buffy is doing here. She's pouring sugar into these little containers as hard as she can to hold on to <laughs> her, her human life. <laughs> Sean Terrell confesses that Ricky sort of bailed on his parole, so he, she can't involve the police. Buffy gives her a look like, really? <laughs> and then a big sigh and asks if Sean Terrell asks around. Sean Terrell knows Buffy's weakness, though. She asks point blank, can you help me? And Buffy says she can't, but we all know it's just a matter of time after that. <laughs> Sean Terrell asks if this isn't who Buffy is. Doesn't she help people who need it? Doesn't Buffy help the helpless? Uh, <laughs> um. Buffy says she she can't get into it and she's sorry. Chanterelle says that Buffy knows how to do stuff and Buffy says she doesn't anymore. Buffy has moved on to polishing the counters and those <laughs> counters are probably not enjoying it at all with all that Slayer strength. Creak, groan, creak. <laughs> Chanterelle says she doesn't know what to do and that does it. Buffy gives her the look of complete resignation. <laughs> They're at a blood donation center. Chanterelle tells Buffy that she and Ricky used to sell their blood frequently, plus cookies. Buffy asks if Chanterelle is a fan of the sugar rush, and indeed she is. One of the nurses comes up and asks if they're they're there to donate blood. Buffy says they're looking... Oh, by the way, I'm assuming this is a nurse, because they don't call her doctor. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't think they typically have doctors at plasma donation I mean, she's got a stethoscope... I... Yeah, but you need that to find the vein. Right. I, I'm, think, so... I'm thinking a nurse of some kind. Yeah. I don't, I it doesn't matter. To find... but... I've never donated blood. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I have. I've tried, but I've never yeah, succeeded. It's, it's not fun. But it, if you can, it's important. Yeah. Um, I would love to be able to, but they just won't let me because my blood pressure is dead. You know. Yes, I have the blood yeah. pressure of dead. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Buffy says they're looking for a friend of theirs, and Chanterelle says they're looking for Ricky T. The nurse knows whom they're talking about, but says he isn't there. 
Buffy asks if he's been in recently, and the nurse goes to pretend to find out. (laughs) (laughs) Once she's gone, Buffy suggests that they split up because they can cover more ground that way. Chanterelle nods enthusiastically and then asks if she can go with Buffy when they split up. (laughs) Buffy, okay, I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say again how much I love Give Zero Fucks Buffy because I would marry Give Zero Fucks Buffy tomorrow. (laughs) Any day. Anytime. Buffy can show up at my house. I'll be like, are you Give Zero Fucks Buffy? Let's go get married. (laughs) She says, okay, where did I lose you on the whole splitting up thing? (laughs) She's a little more Cordelia. I love her. A little more. Absolutely. Well, it's just just wandering over in the shadow self territory a little bit. And two shadow selves just wandering over the Faith and Cordelia territory. they're both absent, so she's got to hold that space. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Buffy suggests that they search around the places that Sean Terrell and Ricky used to hang out and then meet later at her apartment. The nurse reports that Ricky hasn't been in, but she'll mention to him uh, that they're looking for him. Buffy thanks her, and it's all in the eyebrows with Buffy, as we have mentioned, (laughs) and the eyebrows are extremely skeptical. The eyebrows are correct, too, because once their backs are turned, the nurse gets very nervous. Buffy is poking around in a rundown building, just like old times. (laughs) She finds the older guy from earlier who bumped into them and then stood in front of the truck. It looks like he's killed himself by drinking drain cleaner. Worst way. Terrible. Worst way Jump off a building instead. What are you doing? Worst. Woof. Fuck that, man. Yeah, well, it's, it's it's showing us his desperation to die. Absolutely, and die painfully. Yeah. He feels he needs to be punished for something. Yeah. Oof. Maybe forgetting something. Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, she checks his pulse and then sees that he's got Ricky's tattoo on his arm. And Buffy's still not squeamish about touching the dead. Nope. She's still Buffy. She's still our slayer. Yeah. Yep. He probably doesn't even smell very good. She doesn't care. Yeah, she doesn't give a shit. Nope. He's cold and dead and she's touching him. Yep. Touching That's the fine. tattoo. Mm-hmm. Petting it. Buffy was probably hoping that this was really a mundane sort of a disappearance, but now she knows that something unnatural, supernatural is afoot, and she doesn't look particularly pleased find out, finding out that this is something within her jurisdiction. It's like when you get called in on your day off. Yep, absolutely. It's the worst. Yep. You've just settled in with a beer and a book. Uh-huh. Yeah, like long day of video games. Mm-hmm. You've like gotten your, your clan together, you're on the phone with everybody... If you online game with other people... That means talking to people, right? Yeah. Oh, I don't know it's what that fine. is. No, I have fine. no idea what that is. In Buffy's apartment, Chanterelle is pacing and snuggling with Buffy's stuffed ducky. No. <laughs> and wait, wait a second. Chanterelle is wearing a Rocky Horror Picture Show shirt. Denton, home of happiness. <laughs> it's the billboard we see during Damn It, Janet. as as we mentioned anthony stewart head was in stage production of rocky horror and cleveland has not only a hell mouth but also where the movie was set um (laughs) if i wanted to stretch things i'd say this is the part of the movie right before the wholesome 50s brad and janet fall into a situation that blows up their worldview oh snap probably doesn't mean anything but still, I don't. Uh, that's Rocky a Horror Picture real, Show shirt. Yeah, I know, that's a really specific shirt. It's pretty specific, and they've got it unzipped just far enough to show yeah. Denton in the heart. Yeah, so so only people who have seen that movie fifty thousand times are going to recognize the well, yeah. shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they do stuff like this all the time. They do. It, like it they put the pamphlets something. behind Buffy's head that one time. Yeah, and like yeah, it suggests something. I'm mean, that's does. my best guess at what it suggests. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's. If if anybody's situation in this show can be compared to a Rocky Horror Picture Show esque issue, um, Chanterelle. Yeah, 
twice think, now. Twice now. Yeah. <laughs> she just gets drawn into shit. She just shit. really needs a sweet transsexual. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Lauren. If you could hook yeah. up with Lauren, that'd be oh, cute. Yeah. That'd be cute. Oh. I mean, not as like, well, Lauren, who knows about Lauren? Yeah. But, Lauren, you know, Lauren they is, could be best buddies though. Yeah. Well, Lauren is coded as gay. Yes. But we don't be, know what they Lauren They could just is. be snuggle buddies or something. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> He's got the most showbiz yeah. going on. Yeah. <laughs> he can throw fundraisers. <laughs> uh, back on the actual show. Yeah. Buffy comes in and Chanterelle starts to tell her some other places to look, but Buffy tells her that she thinks Ricky is dead. Chanterelle says, but he takes care of me. Buffy says she's sorry. Obviously, she is. She's already been through this, actually, and, and she has learned that the only person who takes care of her is herself. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, after she goes back to Sunnydale, she kind of forgets this lesson. Much later, she will ask Dawn who will take care of them. Buffy is absolutely an adult in L.A. In Sunnydale, not so much. No. Well, you have to... I don't see how you could live in Sunnydale and not bamboozle yourself. Agreed. Like, how can you be sane in a world that wants you to be a baby? Yeah. You know, they want to damsel her and make her a child, and you either give in and do it on your own terms... Or you fight constantly and leave again. Because we see her make that choice Mm -hmm. in the next episode. We see her almost leave again because she's like, you guys are all fucking children. (laughs) Yeah, you guys are assholes. Yeah, you're assholes and you're children and I hate you. And she starts to leave and then everyone poo-poos her back into How dare you leave again? It's not our fault. It's your fault. You're the person who's a horrible person. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I'm rolling my eyes, guys. (laughs) You could probably hear it. You'll get used to that sound in the next few Next episodes. episode, holy crap. We'll have to uh, put in eye drops or do eye exercises or something I will, to strengthen yes, them. Yes, or I could, I could get something for a sound effect, like a little... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I just can't. Because she is so capable. Oh, she's Here. great. She doesn't yeah. need anybody. I mean, mm-hmm. she doesn't... She's fine. Yeah, she's fine. She's hurting, but she's fine. She's hurting and she's isolated mm-hmm. herself so she can hurt properly. Yeah. There's nothing more mature than that. It's yeah, that's true. awesome. They didn't even let her grieve her own death. <laughs> no way they're going to let Aren't her... Aren't you happy, Buffy? She... Look how happy you are. Like, they're like, like marrying yeah. that thing, like, picking up her arms, like, you're mm-hmm. so happy. Be happy, yeah. Buffy. <laughs> Either time. <laughs> Why aren't you happy? It's so weird. Oh, you came back from LA and you're acting all weird? That's so weird. You're Why such a you bitch. That? God, you're such a bitch. Yeah. Oh, that puppy's a that bitch. You just probably have PTSD and you died and stuff. Yeah, hold still while we all gaslight you and shove you back into an immature space. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. <sighs> yeah. We still love the show. Oh, of okay. course we love the show. <laughs> it's one of the reasons, I mean... Mm-hmm. It's one of the reasons that, that we keep coming back to the show, because yeah. there are scenes that just make us want to throw something. Uh-huh. Dead, Dead Man's Party has always been one of those episodes for me. Oh, my God. In so many ways. Because if Joyce has learned anything, it is to not hang the scary mask on the wall at this point. Isn't it pretty? <laughs> <laughs> Cheers up the room. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Chanterelle talks about the plans that she and Ricky had, but Buffy interrupts her, saying that Ricky didn't really look like himself when she found him. He was more in the 80-year-old range. Chanterelle points out how that clearly wasn't Ricky, but Buffy tells her that it was. We can see that Chanterelle is nowhere near the strong-ass person she will become in Angel of the Series, because she just takes Buffy's word for this at this point, Mm -hmm. without asking for proof. She'll find her strength 
later, but she's still looking for someone to tell her what to do. Buffy says it looked like someone drained the life out of Ricky, and Chantrell suggests if it was vampires, because she's familiar with vampires. Buffy says it wasn't, because a vampire couldn't accelerate the aging process, and we can see how Buffy is coming alive, talking about her area of expertise, even though she doesn't want to. And her costuming now is pretty Slayer. Comfy Slayer. Comfy Slayer. Yeah, it's Comfy Slayer. It's yeah, it's uh, it's if, if only jeggings were a thing back then, it'd be jeggings. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, Slayer comfort wear. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I and it's interesting that that is what she wears when she's in L.A. when she mm-hmm. gets to choose what she wants to wear without anybody looking at her and judging her outfit. Yeah, or thinking she's something else. Yeah, she just chooses to wear it, but she's got the cross. She's wearing a little purple touch, mm-hmm. not quite Buffy blue because she's not in that space. Surprisingly butch for Buffy. Yeah, very butch. Very, very no nonsense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and we don't we don't change Buffy much. She basically has three outfits in this yeah. episode. Yeah. Yeah. Because she doesn't give a shit. Four. She has four because she has the last one. Yeah, she doesn't even give a little shit about no. it. <laughs> no. She's, even though she took all of her clothes, she probably pawned them. Or just stuffed them somewhere. I mean, I think I think she probably grabbed a lot of clothes like this because when she left, she was wearing that hoodie and the denim overalls of moping. Oh yeah. So I think she only. I think well, she her took her. Her closet is empty. It's just empty hangers. I think she tossed a bunch on her bed so Joyce would have to pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, clean it up, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> you think about me every time you pick up a piece of clothing. <laughs> oh, it's dark. Uh, Buffy Slayer CSIs that it might be something in Ricky's blood logically remembering the last time someone changed form like this in Go Fish she asks when they gave blood the last time Chanterelle says that she doesn't understand and says that it might not have been Ricky but Buffy tells her she's just going to have to deal with it because Buffy has learned that lesson very very well Mm -hmm. Chanterelle asks why this would happen to someone like Ricky who didn't do anything wrong Buffy tells her that sometimes bad things happen and you can't just close your eyes and hope they're going to go away close your eyes huh Buffy Oh, yeah I wouldn't recommend that that to anybody either She's still thinking of it. She feels so guilty about it, oh, too. Oh, yeah. She totally does. Not like she couldn't have done anything. No. She was backed into a corner she by, by I mean, Angelus's choice and Xander's choice. Backed mm-hmm. her into a corner. There's nothing she yep. could have done. She's just like Harry Dresden. She died doing the right thing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No. She did the right thing. That's the only thing she could do. But, yeah. I mean, what? And- either let... Let a Catholic destroy the world or kill her boyfriend. Well, it's all she could even do. Even Angel, after he comes back, as upset as he is about how everything went down, he never blames her. No, he, well, he brags about He's it like, the girl in question. Yeah, he totally does. <laughs> <laughs> that isn't the girl in question. Is it? It's one of it those. Is, one yeah. of those awesome. He, yeah. yeah. He totally brags about it. Like, it was fine for him because there was no other choice. There's no other There's choice. There's nothing else either one of them could have done. I mean, it's it's not like she had the information she needed from Xander that she might have been able to delay things mm-hmm. long enough for yeah. Willow's spell or to work. Or it's not like Willow honored the agreement to not carry exactly. through with the spell. I, have, I still have or no Or said that. first off, you know, right off, I'm going to try the spell again. da 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 Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, she, her two friends, her two best friends totally fucked her. Yeah. <laughs> they fucked her over so hard. Both of them did. Mm-hmm. And because of that, she had absolutely no choice. There's only one way this could, when this could yeah. have gone. Well, but, you know, if you, I'd feel guilty. Of course she I feels feel guilty. Bad. Buffy feels guilty about everything. Something she actually did, even if it wasn't her fault, she's going to feel really guilty about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, a lot of times she'll feel... Guilty about stuff 
like the stuff in when she was bad. She doesn't feel guilt about that because it's kind of a weird mm-hmm. kind of projection thing. She'll project that on somebody else. Da da da. But something yeah. like this, there's no way she can get away with it or no. get away from it. She feels horrible. Yeah. <laughs> so, and actually, that makes sense because she feels the worst about things that weren't her fault. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> stuff no, it really is her fault. Yep. She's able to kind of skirt around. It's just how it all ha- it's yeah. how it all shook out one way or another. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chanterelle asks if. Perhaps Buffy brought the evil thing that killed Ricky from, with her from Sunnydale. And Chanterelle can't know this, of course, but this is what Buffy is afraid of. She's absolutely afraid and at least partially convinced that bad shit follows her around. She pretty much she said as much in when she was bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Buffy said she didn't bring anything with her. Hell, she didn't even bring herself with her. <laughs> <laughs> she says she wanted to be left alone and Chanterelle, who... Uh, was the one who dragged her into this whole thing. She's just launching into a big yelling rant about how if Chanterelle can't hack it, don't go blaming Buffy when Chanterelle bails out of the whole conversation and leaves. Leaving yeah. Buffy frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> She's got argument blue balls. I Those are the worst. wanted to yell at you. <laughs> Slayer blue balls are never good. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, unless you're Xander in the Zeppo. <laughs> True that. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about timing, Wello. <laughs> Chanterelle walks outside and is met by Ken. Ah, shit. He asks if she's okay, and she isn't, so she he offers to help. Great. She says that he can't, and he says, Look, I know you all think I'm a big square handing out leaflets about hope, but hope is a real thing, just like despair. Yeah, the second time he's talked about despair, Ken seems to be an expert. He tells her that Hope can fill up a part of her that's missing. She mentions Ricky, and he's all, Hey, you're Lily. Ricky's waiting for you inside this giant trap. (laughs) He sent me to get you. And you can see him figuring out how to manipulate her, you know, while he's listening. It looks like caring listening, but it's actually, where is it? It's it's done really well where it's, we know, watching it, we know it's not going to be obvious to her. I mean, Mm -hmm. she's a little naive and trusting and all that kind of stuff, but mostly it's just not going to be obvious to her, but it's completely obvious to us. Yes, especially (laughs) the second or beyond time watching it. It's like, oh. He's such a dick. Yeah. Well, I love this actor. Yeah, he's So does Joss Whedon, because he's he's called one of his hat tricks. Yeah, he's very good. two hat tricks. Uh, He says Ricky's with us now. Good. That's not creepy at all. (laughs) (laughs) Chanterelle. (laughs) She should know after all the Sister Sunshine businesses, this is not (laughs) good. It's not good. She hasn't hasn't learned to trust herself yet. Mm. She will. Yeah. Chanterelle mentions that she heard Ricky was dead, and he he says that Ricky is no more dead than he is. Chanterelle, vampires could say the same thing. Yeah. And probably have. A lot. Yeah. (laughs) So are they dead? Well, if they, I think we're going to debate a lot, especially on Angel the Series, if, if all demons have souls, some demons have souls, some demons are kind of yeah, undead or are these alive. are definitely the non-soul-having types. Well, and they don't seem to, um, they don't seem to have a limit on their lifespan, these demons. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, they live a uh, hundred years a night when they're in that dimension, every night that they're at, they don't age, they don't mm-hmm. do anything like that. So I think they're probably some un- undead kind of Yeah, well, they because they, they, they also seem to be decomposing. Like, he seems mm-hmm. to be artfully decomposing, but they all seem to be decomposing. Yeah. So it's, it's almost like we have some kind of... It feels like a metaphor for the hell that Angel has been sent to in some way. Yeah, that's what, and, how Buffy treats it. Buffy yeah. treats it that way. Um, yeah. It's... 
I mean, I but she's fighting like undead dead things, which also works. And well, they seem to be feeding on. I mean, the only thing I, I can, the only reason I can find for the, those people to all be there and suffer and work and toil and all that kind of crap is because they feed on their life force somehow. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what keeps them ticking. Yeah, or uh, we don't know what they're making. Being... Yeah, they don't seem to be making much. I think they're just suffering. Yeah, well, they, they they're making something. Well, they're welding, and there there's a big molten. Mm-hmm. Thing. The carrying of rocks. They carry rocks. Yeah. They probably break rocks. Yeah. Not really making anything. Maybe they make pennies. <laughs> Demon pennies. <laughs> Demon <laughs> currency. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I can't. I don't. Know, I, I kind of get the impression that they're just. It's like a prison work camp. Yeah. Like they're not yeah, actually doing anything. Completely they're pointless. Just pointlessly doing really really hard labor in all the different ways. Right. Right. One mm. of those uh, reprogramming kind of things. Yeah. 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 Like in. Uh, you know, North Korea. <clears throat> hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We've heard. Yes. We've heard. <laughs> we assume. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd be interested in hearing other people's ideas about what they're doing. In yeah, there. absolutely. But, I yeah. mean, it's the, the, as much as, as much as, as uh, Ken focuses on despair and stripping them of their own personalities, the emotional mm-hmm. torture part. Yeah. It, well, it, it smacks of Amy's mom. Yeah. A bit. They're wasting no. their youth. So, so she stole yeah, it. Yeah, so they're taking it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I feel like that, that might be that might be a thing where they're they're living on the life essence being spent and so they're able to pro- prolong their own existence. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Very much like a vampire sucks blood out of yeah. a person to continue living. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's the only thing I can think of. Because mm-hmm. I really didn't see them making anything. No. I was looking too. Like, are you making something? I know, what I've, are you I've doing? You're carrying that, stuff but, around. But I also I am so used to the trope this is a terrible place to work and this is factory, you know, like demon spawn, make shit, do things, boil oil. Mm-hmm. And so I see that and I, I just, I fall into the metaphor and the trope and say, Oh, well that's a factory, a yeah. factory of evil. We already have one of those. So yeah, it's the factory of doom. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Buffy Anna Jones. Is the factory of doom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's, I mean, that's the same kind of, it's the same kind of thing. I guess they were, uh, digging for are they digging for the Sankara stones, Shankara mm. stones, whatever they are. They were digging for yeah. the third stone, I think, in that one. Yeah, in the uh, Temple of Doom. Oh, that's true. So they're actually mining in that one. I just don't see these guys doing anything. Yeah, no, it looks like just a work. Put that rock over there, yeah. okay. Put that rock over there now. I put mm-hmm. it back over there. Yeah, that's yeah. But who knows? I yeah. mean, there's something funky going on with these guys. Well, I would the, not be surprised. The Whedon verse is not a stranger of pointless mental programming. True. So, you know, this is this is territory that Joss likes to investigate is, you know, the the useless toil of certain tasks. And, you know, like we see it with River where they're just experimenting on them because they can. Mm-hmm. They're actually weaponizing them. But, you know, they're it's kind of just because they can. Yeah. Uh, and we see that in Dollhouse. Yes. For sure. Um, it's the same kind of indentured servitude sort of idea. Uh, Ken tells Chanterelle she should come with him to family home, and she was looking for someone to take care of her instead of being independent, so she goes with him. <laughs> Buffy is doing some breaking and entering. Yay! <laughs> I've mentioned how much I love this. This time, instead of twisting the doorknob until the lock breaks, she just pulls the whole doorknob mechanism through the door. <laughs> well, that's how slayers do doors. Slayers are the best. <laughs> I have to add this gif to my other Slayers Doing Doors yes, gif. Yes, we need a Slayers Doing Doors running post. Well, I've got the, yeah. well I mean, I've got it. I yeah. just have to add this one to there. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, yes. That would be my blog on our website. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go to the website, www.diagenesclubpodcast.com. <laughs> She's going through some files and finds Ricky's. It has candidate written on it, which is a tad suspicious. Ricky didn't seem like a candidate for much other than falling into a well while he was chasing a butterfly. (laughs) 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 Pretty much. (laughs) Buffy asks the empty room, candidate for what? So Buffy and I are on the same page. Also, Buffy's nail polish is chipped, which tells us exactly how many fucks she gives right now. Yeah, we never see that. Uh -uh. Yeah. The nurse from earlier busts her asking the traditional question, what are you doing? (laughs) <laughs> Give zero fucks Buffy responds Breaking into your office and going through your private files Candidate for what? <laughs> I love her oh, I love her so much <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm coming <laughs> Alright The nurse announces that she's calling the cops and Buffy reaches over and pulls the whole phone off the wall with as little effort as you can possibly imagine. (laughs) It is at this point that I always have to put my head down for a little while (laughs) so I can have a laugh. Just the casual nature of it, too. uh, Donnie, even. (laughs) Buffy continues with the conversation with, now you've got a whole bunch of candidates here. I wonder if any of them are missing, like Ricky. Gosh, I bet they are. <laughs> the nurse tries to convince Buffy that she's going to get into trouble, and lady, please don't embarrass yourself. <laughs> Buffy says she doesn't want any trouble. She wants to be alone and quiet in a room with a chair and a fireplace and a tea cozy. I don't even know what a tea cozy is, but I want one. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the knit things that go over a teapot to keep it warm. Also, doesn't that sound a lot like exactly what Angel wants? He just wants to brood in the dark alone in yeah. L.A. Yep. Yeah. Of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she wants to hone her brooding skills. Yes, yeah. she does. And, and Yeah. She enjoys it. For her. <laughs> uh, instead of getting all these things, though, Buffy keeps finding trouble because of dick bags like this lady. <laughs> <laughs> Buffy offers to share the trouble, though. Isn't that nice? Buffy asks what the nurse is doing with these kids and we can see how far Buffy has leaped into adulthood these kids are her age or even older but she doesn't see them as her peers anymore no she's been living an adult life no she takes care of them she gives them money we don't know how much money she's giving away even Mm -hmm. yeah the nurse tries to claim she didn't do anything but crumbles under the slayer stare and admits she gives him the names of healthy ones Buffy ramps up the badassery and asks, give them to who? In a way that would make me pee my pants. <laughs> that is a very angry vampire slayer. Yeah. <laughs> who just ripped a phone off the wall. She's very angry. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is, of course, Ken. He's getting Chanterelle all outfitted in some slave wear, so her real clothes don't get soaked during the cleansing. Chanterelle hopes that the cleansing is like a baptism, but only Buffy gets those the first time she dies. So (laughs) Ken says that that isn't completely accurate. She asks if she'll see Ricky after this mysterious non-baptism, and he assures her that she will in a tone that clearly means she will not. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right through here. Of course. Of course. Just go into this box with the stick and the little, yeah. And we just pull the thing and the box will fall on you. It'll be fantastic. Walk over those sticks over the hole. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Cordelia does not want to be bait. 
I wouldn't either. These oh. folks are not good at their little hobby. <laughs> she cl- complains that she's always bait. She wonders why Willow can't be bait, but Xander says the vampire has already seen Willow, but doesn't mention that he may or may not be trying to get Cordy killed because of the imaginary yeah. cheating. Well, and also Willow is the bait. So, you know, yeah, she Cordy calls it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And Cordy's willing Buffy Blue. Yes, Cordy's going to call fine. a lot of shit in a minute. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she's fine. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah, and Cordy's <laughs> in no danger whatsoever. She probably was just verbally bitched in that book. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, then Xander bitches at her for complaining loudly and scaring off the vampires, even though she is being very nice and not kicking him in the nuts like she should be. <laughs> also, they're not trout. <laughs> vampires are not trout. That's <laughs> very true. <laughs> they reach a spot which Oz deems good and do a weapons check. Cordy looks sadly at the weapons because they didn't even give her a cross for backup. <laughs> nice. You guys, really, whatever. Cordy's yeah. going to be a hero one day and y'all could suck it. <laughs> they didn't even give her anything. I know. It's kind of, well, this is what happens without Buffy to my compass. Know. And Giles would have given her a steak too, or just put uh, yeah. a kibosh on the whole thing. Absolutely. Giles knows they're out hunting. He doesn't know just how badly it's going. <laughs> like they, they say they're not they're being successful. Yeah, they're intentionally endangering Cordelia. Like yeah, because <laughs> they are failing so miserably. Let's go ahead and put someone else at risk. Right. Yeah. But I, yeah, I don't think he would condone this. I mean, I don't think he actually understands what kind of hunting they're doing, where they're quipping and joking. I and think he tackling. has no idea how stupid they are. <laughs> no, like, I really don't. Like, I like don't. he thinks that Willow's there. And Willow's going to be responsible. Yeah, well, and and I would. I mean, okay, we shouldn't be sending kids out to get killed. We've right. covered that. But were I Giles, I would assume that these people had watched Buffy slay a few times and had an idea of how it goes. And maybe they would practice in their off time because Buffy, even though yeah. she's a superpowered vampire slayer, mm-hmm. practices, yeah. trains. Yeah. He probably thought they were training. Yeah. And or maybe taking crossbows that you can aim and fire. Yeah, no shit, right? Yeah. Like take, or knives, because a sword would have solved the last guy. Oh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So, no, they're just going out there with stakes and crosses like they still have Buffy as backup. Yep. They sure are. Yeah. <laughs> See, they should try the hole with the branches over it. Mm-hmm. That would be better. Yeah. That would be a much better idea. Vampires aren't smart. It'd be, <laughs> it would go well. They're really stupid. <laughs> Even the smart ones are stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they would keep, every night you get the same vampire in the same <laughs> hole. Better, better. Ooh. <laughs> 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 Next night. Yeah. <laughs> 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 just leave them in there. They're like Claudia in the well, and they oh, just yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah. Fill it with holy water. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, perfect. Yeah, but no, they're dumb. They're yep. dumb people. Yep. Thank God, Cordy's there finally. <laughs> uh, Cordy whispers to Xander that she's doing this for Buffy's sake, and that it has nothing to do with him. Let's remember that he's using her as bait with no Slayer to help her, and we can see why she's not thrilled with him right now. Yeah. He tells her to go away and get out of his hiding spot. She really wants to hide, but no, uh, he just she doesn't get to. She has to go and stand in the open and look yeah. at Beatty and <laughs> wait to get eaten. Um, she asks what the fuck the plan is, and he says that a vampire will attack her, and then it will kill her, and they will watch and rejoice. Man, 
Yeah. All this because they were awkward with each other. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. they're getting a little overheated mm-hmm. and we know where that's going to lead. This is, this is their relationship as they keep one-upping but until me, they make it. He cut up. deep on that one, though. Yeah, that's that's a little far because she didn't do anything. Yeah, she didn't do anything wrong. Well, it's because of his own She his has own done worse shit. Yeah. Gordy's done way worse shit. Yes. Well, he's got his own insecurities he going sure on. He sure does. He doesn't Dude have any to just forces. take a breath and chill. Yes. His, his spirit friend who normally helps him out with these things is being all weird and jealous. Well, usually he'd go to Buffy. Yeah. That's what, I mean, that's what he's mm-hmm. missing. He would go to Buffy and Buffy would be like, she's feeling weird because you were apart for a while. Just go fucking talk to her asshole. Yeah. And he, she, he would go and talk to her and then they'd be but fine. This is, this is his way of doing exactly that. He doesn't know how to break into it. So he asks her to come be Beatty and then argues with her. So she gets all hot and bothered and kisses him. Yep. And it works, but he cuts way too deep at the very beginning. Like yeah. she, he is lucky she's forgiving. It's all yes. <laughs> and uh, of course, as they get a little heated up during their argument, Willow sighs and looks bored while they bicker. Mm-hmm. Cordy is mad because everything is a joke to Xander, and he goes for another blow to blow, clarifying that it's just their relationship that's a joke. She responds, as she should, with what relationship? <laughs> <laughs> and he snipes that she wants to pretend they were never together. And it's just like he's making shit up in his head as he goes along. Yep. 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 That's what insecurity does. It's it's just like Chanterelle thinking that Buffy doesn't Absolutely. want her around. Yep. It's, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it turns out that Willow is going to be bait, whether she likes it or not, because there's a vampire behind her. Good. <laughs> <laughs> and she's her uh, her face has turned from bored to jealous. Sure has. Here, because she's starting to sense the heat between them. Yep. The arguing heat. Yep. Yeah. In LA, Ken is going over the details of the cleansing, in which the tar-looking deal that killed Lieutenant Yar will somehow wash <laughs> away her past. <laughs> <laughs> and it'll wash away her future, too. It's very efficient cleansing. It is, yes. <laughs> he tells her to kneel, and the supposed water will run over the sin and the pain and the uncertainty. Chanterelle says the water looks kind of dirty, and... Ken just smiles and chuckles. It's black. Yeah, she it's tar. Yeah, as soon as she starts trusting her instincts, she will be fine. But right well, now, she does not trust LA, them. I'd be like, is this a tar pit? Because we're in, like, we're right close to La Brea. Like, yeah, I'm and those sure just show up. Those just kind of rove around yeah, and, and just, like, pop up places. Pit? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I watch Star Trek TNG. I know what this is. I'm not going to touch this. It killed the ten of Yar. <laughs> Buffy is trying her best at undercover snart. Uh, dramatic mm-hmm. reading. Yes. You know, I just woke up and I looked in the mirror and I thought, "Hey, what's with all the sin? I need to change. I'm I'm dirty. I'm I'm bad and the sex and the envy and that loud music us kids listen to nowadays. We Oh, I just suck at undercover. Where's Ken? <laughs> that was great. <laughs> 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 the dude tries to close the door in her face and we all know how it is with slayers and doors so buffy kicks it into him and he gets pretty well squashed we can assume <laughs> another guy's coming at her we don't even see that fight buffy just tears no. him in half and yeah. keeps going <laughs> chanterelle reaches her hand into the stuff that killed lieutenant yar and buffy busts through the door ken tries to tell buffy she's intruding on a private moment and buffy asks just ask just give a fuck anymore buffy just asks if ken feeds on youth or what the whole evil scheme is already (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so what's the deal? Yeah. Uh, he smiles and asks if she really wants to know. Chanterelle says, "What? What?" Uh, Chanterelle asks, "What happened?" Yeah, wow. I need. I'm running out of beverage. I got to just. Uh-huh. <laughs> it tastes like a strawberry Jolly Rancher now. It's pretty good. <clears throat> Chanterelle asks, "What's happening?" And then the thing that killed Lieutenant Yar pulls her in. Buffy goes to save her, and Ken grabs Buffy, and they both fall into the tar stuff. They land on the floor. Seems the tar stuff was just a barrier. Buffy goes to make sure Chanterelle is okay, and Ken starts complaining about his face. In fact, he just pulls it right off, revealing (laughs) (laughs) that he's a demon. He complains about how hard it is to glue the face on. Buffy isn't terribly impressed, but she's got someone to protect, so she grabs Chanterelle, and they take off running. Ken calls for some guards, and they go in pursuit. Buffy and Chanterelle run into a room filled with molten metal, lots of sparks, and humans enslaved and being whipped by more demons. Buffy stops and stares at it because it's fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's thinking this is what Angel is stuck in right now. Yeah, the old I dimension. think so. Yeah, oh. which would be better than what he's in. Yeah, we never from really what we find can tell. out, no. but it makes him nuts. Well, yeah, but seems we... like here he just like go about his work and do his thing. Yeah, he's yeah. like, oh, all right. I mean, he's Irish. He'd be like, oh, work. Okay, sure. Yeah, well, sure. Liam hated work, but maybe Angel. Well, yeah, but well, he's not his... great at work. It would give him a work ethic. It would. <laughs> this might be he a great hell for yes. Angel. <laughs> he would learn. But no, I think it's. I think it's along the lines of of uh, how Buffy doesn't talk about how her watcher died. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we just don't. We can't talk about it. Right. Yeah. We could see it in her face, mm-hmm. but that's about it. Yeah. Uh, Ken comes up behind them and welcomes them to his world. He knocks Buffy out with a club-looking thing and tells Chanterelle he hopes she likes it because she's never leaving. Cordy and Xander are still fighting. It kind of makes sense that they need to reboot their relationship after not seeing each other, and this is how they started. (laughs) He's actually starting to open up a bit instead of just being a prick who is trying to get his girlfriend killed, so that's something. Yeah. Uh, It took a while. Xander, you almost lost me, buddy. (laughs) Uh, He asks her how long it took her to forget him. And then Cordy reveals that she's just as insecure as he is, asking if he met up with some hot little Inca mummy girl. Yeah, I've uh, heard about her. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that. I <laughs> uh, he'd be dead if he did, Cordy. You need Buffy to save you from puzzle smashing assholes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Xander is just about ready to start in with the pointing finger when they hear a thud and some screaming from Willow. It should be noted that Cordy runs just as fast as everyone else to help. Mm-hmm. Oz gets there first, as we would expect, because it's his girlfriend, and gets the vampire off Willow and onto the ground. The vampire tosses him aside, though, and Xander takes him on. Cordy runs up all worried about Xander and tackles the vampire, which is awesome. <laughs> Go, Cordy. She pushes the vampire and Xander onto the ground, coming down on top, and the vampire falls on the stake and then dusts, and she's on top of Xander. They kiss passionately <laughs> with a romantic music reminiscent of when they first got together. <laughs> <laughs> of course, there is the matter of the vampire ashes, which went everywhere, but no matter, they no, care not for such thing. It's like when you work in a salon and there's just hair everywhere and you're yeah, like, whatever. Yeah, they don't whatever. care. They don't yeah. give a crap. No. <laughs> <laughs> Their passions don't care about ashes from vampires. <laughs> They're back together again. Until Xander betrays Cordy, of course. She kind of called it, though. He cheats on her with a witch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's true. Good job, Cordy. <laughs> Buffy wakes up in a cage with Chanterelle and a headache. Buffy, ever the hero, makes sure Chanterelle is okay before she even really gets her bearings. Chanterelle says she always knew she would end up there sooner or later. And 
This might be a metaphor for adulthood and working life in the daily grind, which would mean that we all end up there. But this seems to be missing decent benefits and inappropriate joking around, which is what gets most of us through the day. Oh, that just sounds like working for Whole Foods. <laughs> oh, I said it. <laughs> yeah, some jobs suck, but then you go get different jobs. Yeah. So. I, I'm not. I'm not. Sh- I'm not quite sure what to do with this. Yeah. Environment. I mean, we know what it means to Buffy. It means this is the hell. And well, Chanterelle. Well, actually, well, Buffy says it's in hell. But wait, what? We'll get yeah. there. We'll get there in a sec. She's sitting next to this dead body, just really resigned. Yeah, I, I think it's the. I think for her, you know, she just always knew that she was worth nothing. She mm-hmm. is nobody, and you know, getting out of this proves to her that she is somebody. This is Chanterelle's arc now. Absolutely. Like, it's Buffy's playground. It's Chanterelle's yeah. arc. Yeah, and I, I love the little mentorship that Buffy does mm-hmm. in here, too. So great. Yeah, it is. But yeah, I, I don't I don't think we need to dwell too much on... I mean, yeah, it's weird it's, for me to say. But it's it's kind of MacGuffin-y, I guess. Uh-huh. It is. It's a... I mean, that's that was really... I thought about it for a while. That's the only thing I could come up with. It kind of mm-hmm. seems like the... You know, you, you go to work, the, you know, sold by sold, the company store, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. Um, you go to work every day and you look up and you're 80 years old and whatever. Mm-hmm. Sure. But it's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. You get a job, you go to work, you get money for it. Yeah. It's and if, fine. if that's the metaphor, it might be a little off the mark. I, we we kind of wondered if this is how people who just do stuff in Hollywood think of people like us who yes, work in offices. Possibly. And it's not that bad, you guys. Yeah. It's fine. But it, it almost <laughs> seems like a Wolfram and Hart kind of operation to it me. It kind of does. It seems like something that's a little deeper, a little bit more insidious and important, you know, because we, we need to arc Anne into where she is an angel. Right. So we have to do something to motivate her. We need to give Buffy something to punch because she's got Slayer blue balls. She sure does. Yeah. You know, and, and she's really pissed off. But Buffy stops having growth at this point in the, the episode. Like, Buffy has just returned to Slayerdom and it's time and for her to And is just going to love it. Yeah. For the last just, few. She's, she's just, just going to be a enjoy, She's going to enjoy slaying for the first time in her life. Yeah. She's going to love just beating she the fuck out really of people. She has a good time, yeah. yeah so, she, and good for her, because she yeah. has earned enjoying this shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she has. So, yeah, I think, I think um, we're, in, we're in Chanterelle's world where we're just saying, you know, she was always going to go to hell. That's why she yeah. didn't care about who she was. That's why she didn't care about what name she got or who was going to take care of her or what preacher she was following or, you know, the, like getting involved with vampires. It's all the same to her. Yeah. So this gives her something to say, all right, that's not what I wanted. Oh, that's such a lovely bookend with what the last scene we see here in, in, in Angel of the Series with Gunn and Gunn says, if the world was going to end, what would you do? She's like, go to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, she sees the worst of it. To her, this is the worst thing that's ever going to happen to her. Mm -hmm. And she gets to everything's uphill from here. That's not necessarily what we get for Buffy. Buffy's already been through the worst thing. Right. So, you know, we we turn it in. Otherwise, it's Buffy's show. She would be the one to push Ken. Yes. Instead, Chanterelle's the one that pushes Ken. She's the one who's active. Yeah, well, she's been empowered by Buffy. And that reflects wonderfully Mm -hmm. on both of them. Yeah, so Buffy's done the handoff. We're just getting the payout and up until when Chanterelle asks to use Buffy's name. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think that's where we're we're working. Mm-hmm. I don't need. I don't. It's so funny for me to say. I don't think we need to look for a deeper metaphor. But I think we just are. This is the monster of the week, yeah. and it's being used to arc a very important character for later. Because by now we know that we're going to have Angel, and right. they've storyboarded a fair amount of it. Right. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I'll totally go yeah. with that. And without Anne, we wouldn't have Gun. Right. And we have to have Gun and Angel. Yep. Yep, so. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So I think that's what we're doing is we are arcing everything else out mm -hmm. while watching the Scoobies and Buffy just kind of chill. Yeah, I can totally see that. Yeah. Yeah, so, and metaphors or lack of there aside. <laughs> uh, Chanterelle tells Buffy she knew she belonged there and Buffy asks, where? Hell, Chanterelle says. But did they get a holiday party? Because those are pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Buffy tells her this isn't hell. She would know, too, because Angel isn't there. Um, Buffy mm -hmm. would be so relieved if she was in hell with him, wouldn't she? Oh, yeah. That's probably why she looks so disappointed. Because she's looking. I bet she was looking for Angel. Yeah, she was like, oh, is this where... Nope, nope, this is oh, somewhere different else. Different hell. Yeah, this, this is isn't hell, then. Different yeah. dimension. <laughs> yep. It's not even a hell dimension. It's There's some crap-ass yeah. knockoff Are dimension. there shrimp here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tired of that word quickly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ken comes in and suggests that it may be hell after all, because what is a hell but the total absence of hope? The substance, the tactile proof of despair. Yeah, nice try, Ken. But hell would be something that moves around with you. Just ask Buffy. She spent a whole summer in a private one. Mm -hmm. He agrees that Chanterelle has been heading in this direction her whole life, just like Ricky. He tells her that Ricky forgot about her, but not until a long time after he's for he'd forgotten his own name. Well, he had it on his arm, so it's a... Yeah, no, right? <laughs> It sounds romantic and then until you realize know, he had the cliff notes. But, but, <laughs> but with Ricky, I mean... Yeah. He's like, who are you? Lily? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Okay. What, yeah. what is that? Wow. Yeah. Whoa. What is that on my arm? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Ken. <laughs> Ken's not the brightest either. No. Well, demons aren't. No. No. He At all. She's not that smart. No. He didn't recognize the Slayer when he saw her in the street. Even though she kicked her way through a door and got through his two other guards. Yep. He's like, hi. <laughs> yep. Still didn't see. He wasn't like, oh, Slayer. So stupid. Even vampires can do you're, that. You're freakishly strong, aren't you? Look at you. <laughs> Chanterelle wonders what the fuck he means by uh, years. And Ken gives a, a quick explanation of how time moves faster in some realities than others. This will be important in a couple of episodes. Uh, so Ricky lived out his whole life in slave labor, but a hundred years is in this reality equals a day on Earth. Buffy is hoping her Slayer healing will go to work on her head because she looks like Ken got her pretty good in a mm -hmm. noggin. It clearly hurts her quite a bit, which does make the ass-kicking she does later even more impressive. Uh, Buffy asks if the plan is to work us till we're too old and then spit us back out, and Ken confirms that is the plan. He goes back to working on Chanterelle, trying as hard as he can to break her down first, because I think he's finally started to realize what a tough cookie Buffy is. <laughs> <laughs> he tells Chanterelle that she'll die of old age before anyone looks for her. Of course, nobody would look for her and blah blah gaslighting cakes. Whatever, Ken. <laughs> Buffy, taking the heat off of Chanterelle, reminds him that he didn't choose her. Ken is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> he scoffs and says he knows Buffy, except, uh, of course, he calls her Anne and doesn't and uh, and does it in a really snotty way too. You don't even know her name, you fucking idiot. <laughs> he tells her that she's so afraid, and we in the audience laugh and laugh and laugh. <laughs> Man, I bet he's terrible at poker. Uh, he calls her pathetically determined to run away from whatever it is you used to be, to disappear. You got your wish. Buffy looks down a bit while he's going off on her, but I don't know. He didn't really hit a lot of bullseyes with his little speech. No, I think she's tuning out 
Like, oh. Yeah, I, I mean, I think she's playing possum, so mm -hmm. he doesn't realize she ran away from being one of the baddest badasses ever. Yeah, and and or or so she'd continue being a target instead of Chanterelle, who can't really take as much punishment as Buffy can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And she does this in a minute too. With physically, she does this in a minute. Yeah, so. she does well, and and uh, you know, I, citing other works, we see that with um, with Wash and Mal. Mm -hmm. You know. That's yeah, you, I mean, you pretend that they've broken you, and uh -huh. then you kick their asses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Buffy's, uh -huh. Buffy's going to yeah. figure this well, strategy and, out, and not taking the licks for somebody who can't. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. The new prisoners are walked in, and Buffy is indeed given some special attention and is pushed to the ground. See, I, I think she's pretending she's not a threat, you know? Mm hmm no way you can push the Slayer if she doesn't want to be pushed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a guard informs them that they work and they get to live, which seems like a terrible deal to me. Uh, he says that they are not to complain or laugh or anything other than working, and whatever they are doesn't matter, and that they are no one, and they mean nothing. Uh, the guard asks one dude, who are you? Dude says his name is Aaron and gets clubbed over the head. He asks Chanterelle who she is, and she has cut the gist of things, not dumb, Mm -hmm. and says she is no one, as does the next person. Then he asks Buffy. She says, sweetly, I'm Buffy, the vampire slayer, and you are? <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Get him, Buffy! <laughs> Probably the, the, the one time she's ever been proud as fuck of being the slayer, too. Oh, yeah. She's like, you guys don't even know what you've been into. <laughs> no. I mean, unfortunately, she'll have to give all of that up when she goes home, but fucking yay! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he goes to club her, but Buffy grabs the club and snaps his arm in half at the elbow. She then hauls off and swings the club like a baseball bat in the next guard, and then she does a no-look and shoves the club into, or whatever it is, into another guard's chest. They like blades on him. It sticks in his chest. Uh -huh. and she lets go. She's like, yeah, fine. It, it's like a an orc. Oh well, yeah, yeah, like a club, like the, <laughs> yeah. with a flink. Yeah, uh -huh. so cool. <laughs> just Buffy, just yeah. awesome. <laughs> she tells the assembled slaves uh, that anyone who's not having fun here, follow me. <laughs> they do because Buffy's an awesome badass. <laughs> I'm gonna go with her. <laughs> yeah, I'll go with her. She's yeah. cool. <laughs> General Buffy tells her new troops the plan. When the guards leave, Chanterelle will lead the group up the stairs and out, fast and quiet. Chanterelle gets all nervous about being left, but Buffy assures her she can handle it because Buffy says so. Don't fuck with General Buffy. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is her first little taste of being in charge. Absolutely. Of yeah. Well, and, she, yeah. and she gives commands to her troops, but mm -hmm. this is uh, back home to the Scoobies. This is, a, this is her first time... Assembling a group of strangers and yeah. commanding them. This is the first uh, season seven taste. Yes. Of commanding. Yes. Shut up, Kennedy. <laughs> Just want to get that in there. <laughs> Just in case she's talking somewhere. <laughs> An alarm goes off because of the unconscious and or dead guards. And Buffy sends everyone off. Chanterelle comes back to apologize for blaming Buffy for everything before. She's like, bro. Which is, yeah, it's adorable, dude. but Buffy's like, dude, not now. <laughs> I know, it's so, Chanterelle is so cute. <laughs> She's like the dog when you throw the stick of dynamite and they bring it back yeah, to you. Totally. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but just in case we die, it's so cute. Yeah. Buffy leads the guards on a merry chase, and Sarah Michelle Gellert really can haul ass when they don't have her in, in impractical shoes. Mm -hmm. She swings around a pole and kicks one and starts to fight with the other. Chanterelle is indeed getting everyone out. 
One of the guards is stupid enough to let uh, to have let Buffy get her hands on the sledgehammer club thing, and she's wailing <laughs> on them with it. <laughs> Ken watches and comments that humans don't fight back. Since when? Yeah, humans I think don't he, fight back. I think he got some bad batches or something, because that's yeah. all we do. Well, all, yeah, well, all he did was find the bad apples that he could break down. Like, exactly. He, he expected them to break down so easily, like, I understand you, I know you. Exactly. Which is, I mean, if we want to talk, gaslighting toxic male masculinity bullshit like this is mm-hmm. you know oh this is yeah this is yeah, it this is it this is this is two women who are both in two very separate places to separate mm-hmm. similar places breaking out from the patriarchy absolutely you yeah. know so that's okay I mean, I, the I, metaphor I, that we have going on in here it's yeah like, women that, don't that fight works. back you're nobody you're gonna work and then you're gonna die you're gonna have the babies you know you don't matter to us yeah yeah that would work yeah 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 i mean it and it sounds like it sounds like they really were just for a long time, I mean, who knows how long they've been doing this? Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds like they've been really good at profiling their victims yep. uh, and, until now. Got a little too secure of their <laughs> system there. <laughs> Ken is becoming more and more incensed about how humans don't fight back. One of the guards is going after Buffy with a, an axe looking weapon, and now she has that too. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a vampire slayer with a sledgehammer club thing and an axe, which we theorized is a symbol of female empowerment. Yeah. Um, so you guys are so fucking screwed right now. Yeah, and I, I think that's where I kind of got that patriarchy yeah. idea. So, you know, we get the axe of female empowerment. Um, and uh, it just reminds me of the, John, the new John Wick trailer. Well, it's not new anymore, but never bring a gun to a fist fight. <laughs> nice. <laughs> You'd like John Wick. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Ken tells his guards to get down there and go after the extremely angry Slayer. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah. Buffy gives us one of her iconic hero poses and waits. They attack, and this is a great fight. If you haven't seen this in a while and you enjoy the fight scenes, please take a look. Buffy takes on like six, seven, mm-hmm. a ton, a lot of demons without yeah. the Scoobies, with no backup whatsoever. It is so much better. She, has, she, <laughs> just hol- she doesn't have to watch out for anybody else getting hurt. She's the only target. Her multiple opponent theory is down she's got like, it she's got the multiple opponent thing going on yeah. and, and i have to say when she gets all pissed at faith about not wanting to not helping her in fights when she should or whatever i want everyone to remember this battle <laughs> because faith knows that buffy's a badass and buffy doesn't know anymore yeah. that she has a badass <laughs> like one vampire are you serious yeah <laughs> they surround her and start beating on her and ken grabs chanterelle and puts a knife to her throat and drags her back to the Whatever this is, thing. Uh, <laughs> Buffy continues to kick all the ass and eventually <laughs> runs off to uh, follow everyone else out. But she sees that Ken has Chanterelle as the demon guards grab Buffy, who totally had this handled until Ken cheated, uh-huh. by the way. She still does. Oh, she's yeah. fine. She could break yeah. away from them in two seconds. <laughs> Buffy is not in danger. Uh, Ken announces that one of you fights, you all die. And tells Which is an inefficient system. It's stupid. Yeah. It... Very highly inefficient system. Yeah. Well, it's a... Uh... Well, the Romans had something similar where they would they would uh, you know draw lots or kill every tenth person or something if if uh, there were cowards in the. But mm-hmm. this isn't a military. I mean, this is not a military, yeah, this isn't military. operation. Yeah, these no. people are not. They're just random folks you've brainwashed and gaslit. Yeah, like, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're already scared. There's mm-hmm. no reason. They're completely docile except for Buffy. Yeah, it's not like they're all fighting. <laughs> right. And and, it, and if you are actually manufacturing something. Even if you're just draining their life force, like it's an inefficient delivery system. Because you want to drain the life force. Yeah. Wouldn't you want to drain the vampire slayer's life force? That's got to yeah. be kicking, right? Yeah. 
you think? she can lift stuff and yeah um <laughs> so uh he, he tells buffy that the ass kicking she delivered was not permitted buffy informs him yeah but it was fun <laughs> <laughs> she says it's so sassy yeah, too she does. <laughs> <laughs> and you know at this, if buffy had met faith in this episode her life would have turned out way different and probably happier mm-hmm. yeah because buffy is having the best time <laughs> <laughs> He says he's going to play with the guts she obviously has, and Buffy isn't impressed by that threat at all. Uh, he yells about how he's going to make an example of Buffy, and then Chanterelle pushes him off the very high platform he was on. <laughs> Yay! Which is just how easily the patriarchy is over <laughs> Yeah, You just gotta stick up for yourself, yeah. y'all. <laughs> Buffy kicks the shit out of some more of the guards and uh, and climbs up a chain. She discovers that they're trapped behind a portcullis sort of a deal, and I'm thrilled that I got to use that word. <laughs> <laughs> Buffy lifts it, narrating the workout it's giving her, and everyone runs underneath. Uh, just as she's going under it herself and thinking she's going to be feeling the burn for a week, Ken tackles her and manages to impale his legs into the portcullis. And he'll be feeling that burn for a lot longer than a week. He's such an idiot. <laughs> nice job, genius. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> You paled your own leg. It's <laughs> like the herder from Halloween. Uh-huh, yeah. The former slaves are helping each other through the tar pit to safety while Buffy picks up the club and strolls over to Ken. He starts to bitch about how she ruined his torturing of humans for his own idiotic purposes, and Buffy, my beloved Give zero fucks Buffy in a triumphant state that I don't think she ever really reaches again. Asks him, hey, Ken, want to see my impression of Gandhi? And then she fucking crushes his skull (laughs) with the club. (laughs) This is when I have to take a moment. Oh, my God. (laughs) Chanterelle asks about the Gandhi thing and Buffy responds, well, you know, if he was really pissed off. (laughs) See? Why can't she be Faith right now? <laughs> because it wouldn't be a show. We wouldn't have a TV show. I know, exactly. <laughs> oh, I swear. I think we're the strangest family ever because that isn't even a joke, and yet it's one of our favorite jokes. <laughs> you know, if he's really pissed off. Yeah. I think it's hilarious. I love it. That's, that's one of my favorite Slayer quips of all time. That's like it's a, a multi-layered, rich, 3D mm-hmm. like Slayer quip. Yeah. Well, she's been holding back. It's just pent up. Just like all the fighting. Like, yeah. boom. Yeah. <laughs> they get through the tar stuff and Chanterelle is just asking what they should do about it when it closes over. <laughs> got the nope squad yeah, nope. yeah exactly <laughs> no more of that see i think i still think this is part of Wolfman heart it was probably some kind of experiment to see if they could take the life force and use it mm-hmm. for the, the senior partners or something definitely could it's be. somehow they're powering their because they have a lot of life essence to give out and it's la yeah maybe they're harvesting organs from some of them um you know Wolfman heart is there and so they just made a call into corporate and corporate was like stop the spell Man, it would have been so awesome if there was some scene when Buffy went back to L.A. to visit Angel where Wolfram and Hart just scatters. Yeah, they're like, mm. <laughs> oh, God, it's her. Yeah. It, um, uh, run. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay pees his pants. Yeah. <laughs> that would be good. <laughs> they get their own tangle with Slayers. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why they're in L.A. instead of on the Hellmouth.
Because it seems like Wolfram and Hart would totally draw from the Helm Elf. You would think, but there are slayers. Yeah, there are vampire yeah, slayers. There's there. vampire slayers there, and that's just yeah, it's too well, much. Although Lila and Lindsay are delighted by the slayer they have that's in their true. employee. It's yeah. <laughs> very true. I love that scene so much because <laughs> I'm weird. Uh, Buffy is giving Chanterelle a tour of her apartment, meaning that she announces the tour, walks two feet into the living room slash bedroom, and says, "This concludes our tour." <laughs> <laughs> She's back in Slayer mode. She she's, she's dressed in tight clothes mm-hmm. instead of the loose baggy stuff. She's yep. yeah. We can but tell she's, still, she's back. She's still butchy, little butchy. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, she's she's more like Cleveland Buffy than yes. than regular Buffy Absolutely. so far. She's still very Slayer. Yep. Yeah. Chanterelle clearly loves it. Buffy tells her the rent is paid up for for three weeks, and she got Chanterelle a job at the diner. Buffy tells her that the boss, while repulsive, won't try anything. Buffy says she'll call and see if Chantrell is doing okay, but I don't get the impression that she ever does because Buffy has to go stuff her awesome self back into Sunnydale and loses a lot of what she became in L.A. Chantrell confesses that she isn't good at looking after herself particularly, and Buffy tells her it gets easier and takes practice. Chantrell looks at Buffy's name tag and asks if she can be Anne. Buffy smiles because, of course, she can be Anne. Anne kicks ass. Yep. And she did. She saved people. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Chanterelle took care of not just herself, but a group of people. A huge group of people, yeah. yeah. Even and if Buffy to. had died in the pit, those other people would have lived. Mm-hmm. And that's what Chanterelle will, will dedicate her entire life to that now. Mm-hmm. Um, and Buffy will never know how much this act of kindness means to Chanterelle, or Anne now, uh, but we will. Anne will, I think, represent all the people Buffy saves in her career as Slayer. She's sort of a beacon of sanity as she moves through Angel the series. And everyone she helps, including Angel, uh, she is able to help because Buffy helped her. On any other show, Buffy would meet up with her again at some point and learn how good deeds are good. But I kind of love that she never does. Yeah, I like that they just never really... Because why would they? They would only cross paths if Anne was in trouble so deep that she needed a slayer. Right. And she doesn't. Yeah. She needs an angel at one point, but even then, she probably would have had a handle. Well, he kind of fucks everything up for yeah, her. Yeah, I mean, he's <laughs> he delivers the... Because this is when Angel... That happens when Angel's in his little issue yes he's having his, he's having his pouty fit yeah yes. he's having and, and so everything he touches even though he tries to make it better it just gets worse well he kind of tries to he's determined to be evil angel uh without being angelus but like yeah. decay like decay dickhead angel i guess yeah and yeah he tries to kind of fuck her over and she's like fuck you mm-hmm. go fuck yourself you piece yeah. of shit and he goes back he's like sorry <laughs> and then he gives them clothes uh which are cordy's clothes yes and, and... well he does that to get in what he does yeah. at the oh, end with, and uh yeah, and I, and I love it. Um, I think that's the yeah, that's the episode where he's uh, he's he brings back the bloody money. And, oh yeah, uh, he's like, well, he's blood out. She's like, yeah, it washes out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <Fine>. <laughs> so, yeah she, she's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Joyce is doing something with the dishwasher when she hears another knock at the door. She doesn't hurry like she did the last time, though. Do you think that's because she's given up or because she knows? I think she probably knows. I think so too. Yeah. Because I bet she knew it was Giles the other times, and if she wanted to punish Giles, she would act a little extra frantic. Ew. That's mean. She might. Yeah, I agree. The ice maker agrees with me. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Ew. Because <laughs> she knew that he'd gone somewhere because she was expecting him right. to come and report back. So... Oh, wait, okay, maybe she opened it because she thought he'd be standing there with Buffy? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. 
Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, no. Uh, Joyce is so much on my shit list. I don't put anything past <laughs> yeah, her. Exactly. So maybe, maybe we shouldn't listen to me right now. <laughs> I don't think I'm a voice of reason. <laughs> <laughs> she opens the door, and there's Buffy. They hold each other as we go to credits. So, uh, as we discussed in this episode, uh, it seems like L.A. represents the adult space. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we'll see that confirmed more on Angel of the Series. But L.A. is a, a place that isn't black and white. Uh, it's a place where you make wrong decisions and they get thrown back in your face and you have to deal with the consequences while Sunnydale pretends on the surface to be a place that is black and white. But in Sunnydale, the, the show will tell us that Buffy makes the right decisions most of the time while simultaneously tell us in more subtle ways that all of her decisions are not correct. Um, Buffy at this point thinks she isn't ready for adulthood. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she goes back to Sunnydale. Yeah, or she makes a choice that she needs to save people and Sunnydale's where it needs to happen. Even though she could have definitely stayed in L.A. and saved people. Yeah. Angel but, makes a good career of it. Yeah, this is true. But Sunnydale's on a hellmouth. That's well, where I all mean, the apocalypse I think, she, I think she misses her friends and her mom uh-huh. and Giles. Oh, if only and she knew. She, yeah, she probably thinks they're going to not be assholes. Yeah. She probably thinks they're going to be like, oh my God, Buffy, thank God you're back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is great. What made you leave? Mm-hmm. Anyone feel like asking that one? Well, no, they're going to make it impossible for her to tell them. Yep. Except for Giles. Except for Giles. But Giles wouldn't have had to go through all those gymnastics and everything uh, if uh, they had let Buffy have the small, quiet dinner she wanted to. Yes. Because she was all ready to tell them. Mm-hmm. That's why this show is so cool. If it was linear, if it wasn't two steps forward, five steps back sometimes, right. we would just have, she'd come home, she'd have the big, like, thing... And then everyone would say, oh, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. And then we'd have some kind of catharsis with swelling music, and then the show would reset, and we'd have another Monster of the Week. Yep. And we honestly probably wouldn't care enough to get so pissed off at, at them in the <laughs> next episode. <laughs> yeah, because they're going to do not the right thing, all because they think that they're right. Yes. And because they're projecting mm-hmm. really, really hard. Yep. <laughs> Well, if we can get mad at Buffy, we don't have to think about how we contributed to the fact that she had to go away because... How uh, we made a traumatic situation so much more traumatic. Worst. The worst worst. possible outcome that could have come out of all of those ingredients. The complete... (laughs) It is so much worse than a worst case scenario I could probably come up with if I sat there and thought about it. Yeah. It's the worst case scenario. It's the worst thing you can do to either one of them. Yes. It's like knowing that someone doesn't like peas, and so in going out of your way to not make peas for dinner, you use everything that they are anaphylactically allergic to. (laughs) (laughs) And then then hit them in the face with something very sharp. (laughs) And and guilt them into into eating the food anyway. Yes. (laughs) Yes. It's like, you haven't seen... um, Oh, IT crowd, have you? No. There's like one of those theft warnings at the beginning of the video. It's like, you wouldn't steal a policeman's helmet. You wouldn't take this, <laughs> you wouldn't steal a policeman's helmet from like a dead guy and shit in it and give it to his dead wife. <laughs> That's so, pretty much what happened to Buffy. Yeah, yes. pretty much, yeah. yeah. Someone stole her helmet, shit in it, and then gave it to her dead wife. Yes, yes <laughs> That's pretty the, much what happened. Yeah, or the white, the widow, or I, I'll find the clip. It's funny. <laughs> yeah. There's just going to be a lot of clips on this one. <laughs> So, anything else about this one? Uh, not really. I, most of the stuff I want to talk about in this one strangely comes up in the next one. Yeah, it sets us up for the next yeah, one. Yeah, it's sort of, it's all this this uh, kinetic energy we're building. Because poor us, we, we, thought, we thought her friends would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People are shit. <laughs>
Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. So, so uh, yeah. Done? Yeah. So this is After All the Dodgers Club podcast where all members are exceptional. Next time we'll have schnapps. <laughs> I had schnapps. <laughs>